to the Warner Brothers Podcast. My name is Keenan, joined by my brother Kyle, as always, joined by Timmy. Uh, how are you guys doing today? Wonderful. Doing good, as always. That's good. Uh, Kyle, how was, how was the weekend? How was Syracuse? Syracuse was all right. It was busy, but it was good to see the family. It was good to see everybody. It was it was a cool weekend. Uh, you know, then we had UFC 295. Yeah. At Madison Square Garden, which is always a great time. I was lucky to be in the building last year. Watched it from home this year. And then uh, mm-hmm. a wild Sunday of football yesterday. So it's uh, it's been a wild weekend, to say the least, between between the, the family weekend and then the sports. So, yeah, it's been a good weekend. Yeah. Uh, Timmy, you? Your weekend good? Yep. Got to watch pretty damn good football. Uh, a lot of yes. unexpected things. So that I thought that was really entertaining, at least from a lot of teams. Yeah. Um, I had a good weekend as well. I got to uh, go to Ohio State. Um, so, yeah. Biological family. Uh, sister goes there. Caitlin. Shout out to Caitlin. Uh, so I got to tour the entire Ohio State campus, which was cool. Uh, a lot of it's old school, but it's still, still very nice. And then I got to watch Ohio State demolish Michigan State, which is not surprising. I mean, the spread was thirty-two, was uh, uh, minus thirty-two and a half going in. Marvin Harrison Jr. It's the truth. <laughs> not that we didn't expect him to be the truth, but seeing him live, he there's nothing he can't do the separation he creates on routes, the speed that he has with the ball in his hands. He's all, he's just electric. Like everything, whoever gets him in the draft at most likely number three, they they've got a franchise guy there, but we can move on into uh, this NFL Sunday because I got to watch some of it on the way home. And then I got to watch it obviously while I was at the house, it was, we went into this one like two weeks ago. We went in like, yeah, there's gonna be a lot of good. There's a lot of good games this week. Was like, yeah, it's a pretty decent games. Couple good ones. It was fun all the way through. There was games all the way through. Uh, which game do you guys want to start with? Uh, Timmy, choose your game. Uh, I definitely want to start with uh, Los Angeles versus Detroit. Probably the game of the week. Um, highest scoring. Listen, <laughs> that Browns game with the comeback, yeah. the Bengals. No, that, game, like, that was it, there's some one. competition, but no, definitely, it's definitely in that conversation for sure. I think for a sure, lot of people sure. going into the week saw Jacksonville, San Francisco as the game of the week, but this one probably should have just been picked as it because two high-powered offenses going at it. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, really good game, really good for fantasy. You pretty much had any player in this game, you were happy. Other than like Sam yeah. Laporta, I think he had like a bad game, but literally every other yeah, fantasy he was starter. He was playing. He was yeah. Playing. Uh, really good. Uh, Detroit kind of won the battle of the trenches. If you look at the very first run play, they moved the entire defensive line like five yards downfield, and it was just so funny. It was just like a great, it just like shows yeah. the identity of their football team. They're a running football team, they have a great offensive line, yeah. and that's how they're going to beat you every single week. Um, <clears throat> but then they can still throw it when they need to. Jared Goff looked good on the road, so that's always good to see. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that game. That was really fun. Yeah, that was a very interesting game for sure. I mean, honestly, it went as advertised. Like, if you were going to try to predict this game, you would have guessed it was a shootout, uh, a three-point game, probably with the Chargers' loss. I mean, the Chargers went toe-to-toe 
with them. I actually weirdly like what I'm seeing lately out of the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, even with Brandon Staley miraculously making it this far into the season. Uh, but, I mean, that game went exactly as I thought, uh, maybe a little more high scoring than I would have predicted. But I do have some concerns, though, given – I mean, I know the Chargers do have a high-powered offense when healthy, but that's the thing. They're not exactly healthy, and the Lions still gave up 38 to them. Um, still a good win regardless for the Lions, especially coming off a bye week, especially being on the road, like you said, Jared Goff, and uh, the Cali weather. You ain't really got to worry about them. But I'm very interested to see what the Lions look like down the stretch, especially in some bad weather games, uh, especially on some true – tough road games uh it doesn't look like we're really gonna get that much down the stretch maybe aside from minnesota because i still think they got two minnesota games um but even that that's a that's a dome game so those those should be shootouts depending on how dobbs acclimates himself which i mean he's 2-0 right now but i'm very interested to see what the lines look like in the postseason if they have to go to philly if they have to go to san francisco or even dallas and here's the thing i feel i actually feel pretty comfortable and com- not that they're going to completely win but i have i feel confident that they were going to compete if they had to go to those situations because of what timmy just said and the fact of how well they run the ball gibbs has finally they finally stopped easing him in he is now it's a one-two punch and they now have the best one-two punch in football I got David Montgomery with jameer gibbs is the best one-two punch at running back and i don't think it's saying much to say that either the one of the best plays I saw all weekend was Dan Campbell ran it on fourth and five and they got it. That is great. Fourth and five. I confident as can be like, like, yeah, we're going to run it and just hand it off to David Montgomery and the offensive line just moves the chargers. They have so much confidence on that offense. And I've never seen Jared Goff look this comfortable. And even like when he was with Sean McVay, with Sean McVay, he kind of felt more a little sometimes how Brock Purdy can feel where like he has command of an offense, but like it's kind of he's just doing what he is told almost in a sense. Like I'm this is my read, this is my read, this is my read. Because Sean McVay is such a good offensive mind. They had Todd Gurley at the peak of his powers. Their offensive line was good at that point. So they had all the everything that they needed. In this situation, he's just got weapons. And he's just like, it's like you can just tell he's a veteran. I, the same way, like when you talk about Kirk Cousins, the way he was looking, it's like just a veteran quarterback who knows what he has offensively and just goes out there and looks great. Jared Goff looks as comfortable as I've ever seen him look. Defensively, though, that is going to be their concern. Uh, hopefully, it really comes down to how elite can Aiden Hutchinson be. Because when you have, if he's elite, then that defense is going to be good and they'll be okay. If he's not being elite, it's going to be tough to find stops from time to time. But we'll see, obviously, if they can coach it up. Dan Campbell is from that defensive. So we'll we'll see. I mean, we'll I would see. say, um, I mean, I agree with you. Goff, since he's been in Detroit, has looked completely comfortable. Like, he's yeah. looked, I want to say, much better than at the Rams. But like you said, he's definitely improved, definitely grown, and seems to have full command of that offense. Um, I do mm-hmm. still have real questions. Like, sure, I have more confidence in him, like, at San Francisco, at Dallas. Uh, definitely not in Philly. He's still going to prove that he can play in cold weather. Uh, so Philly, I think, would be tough. But, you know, if that defense shows up against especially San Francisco or the Eagles, 
I mean, you're looking at a 10-point-plus win for either one of those teams. That defense has to show up. And they do have the potential, and they've, you know, they've showed it throughout the year. But, I mean, you know, if that effort was against a fully healthy Chargers team, that's one thing. This they're, They came in with basically Keenan Allen, who stole the show, really. I mean, that was a throwback game for Keenan Allen. But overall, great win regardless. They, I mean, that, that fourth and two at the end there. thing for him. He's been for cooking sure. this year. For sure, yeah, he's looked great. He's looked great, but I mean, to me, he was almost the star of the game yesterday. He was great, but uh, the fourth and two at the end there. You mentioned the fourth and five. That fourth and two, they could have kicked a long field goal, gave it back to the Chargers, kept it. I mean, you gotta love that. I mean, that's that's why Tim loves Dan Campbell. That's confidence in your team, confidence in your offense. So big win once again. Absolutely, uh, Kyle. What game do you want to talk touch upon next? It's got to be Ravens-Browns for me. That was insane. Um, reminded me very much of the Ravens' loss to the Steelers, and I think, was it week two or three? It was early on the season, maybe week yeah, four even. Um, they had complete control of this game. I mean, complete control of this game, and then all of a sudden, they go for it on a fourth and two at about midfield. Uh, all of a sudden, you get some turnovers. All of a sudden, you get a pick six. All of a sudden, you get some plays from Deshaun Watson, and then before you know it, it's a good old-fashioned AFC North shootout. Uh, we don't get those a ton, but, I mean, you had the physicality in this game, but you also had, you know, 61 combined points. I was not expecting that at all going to this game. I thought it would have been a knockdown, dragout game with the Ravens eventually pulling away, maybe something like 24-15, something like that. Uh, 31-30 in the Browns' favor. No, I would have never forecasted that. Uh, Deshaun, I think it's required, though, if you're going to have an AFC North game where both teams go over 30, there has to be at least one, if not two, defensive touchdowns. Like, I think it's just right. a requirement. Like, every, it feels like every time that these games happen and they're really high scoring, it's never just like, oh, this team throws four touchdowns, this one. It's like there's defensive touchdowns rushing. It's like whatever chaos it means to get to the 60-point combined mark is where it gets to, but go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, that game was – drunk that's absolutely what that game was i mean again nothing i would have forecasted at all between that matchup and then especially deshaun i mean he started off bad starts off with the pick six and then really starts making plays at the end there uh i've said this before he reminds me so much of steve mcnair even now i mean he looks like late career steve mcnair now with the way he can <laughs> break plays and you know he's just got a it's got a huge body but i mean you know the accuracy was there when it needed to be and he was making plays at the end of the game when they needed to so i don't know I, this browns team is the weirdest team in the league by far but i really enjoy watching them i really do but yeah the afc north in general we'll talk about the Bengals later and the steelers of course but i mean you that couldn't have broke worse for the Bengals yesterday i mean you go in thinking it's gonna be okay the ravens are gonna take care of business at home Bengals should take care of business against a Texas team that's not good on the road. They end up completely at the bottom of the division. Steelers win, Browns win, and the Ravens are still two games ahead. I mean, that's not great for the Bengals. Um, but the game overall, insane. Much like the Texans-Bengals game, which again, we'll get to, I'm sure, next, if not in a little bit. Uh, Timmy, you go, and then I'll bounce off of that. Mainly agree with pretty much everything he said. It looked like the Ravens kind of had this game. I don't think they were down at any point in this game until they lost mm -mm. <clears throat> from the start they get the pick six then they score they're up like 14 nothing field goal field goal field goal they're just 
their red zone defense is very good. So what I was expecting was like a 17 to 14 game at best. Uh, and like you guys said, defensive touchdowns, if either of these teams score in 30, they probably got something from their defense. Um, AFC North, if the Steelers score more than 40 or 30, they got like two scores from their defense. But yeah. all these teams uh, in the AFC North are, it's exactly like that. A lot of defensive shootouts. Uh, but I definitely wasn't expecting 30 point games. Uh, and I thought the Ravens were going to pull ahead uh, at like, I don't know how much time was left, but they had like a 10 point lead in like the fourth quarter. And I was like, yep, game's over. Stop paying attention to it. And then I look at it and I was like, oh shit, the Browns won that game. How did that even happen? <laughs> Um, so um, Lamar looked okay like definitely not a great fantasy game couple picks I think and then obviously the pick six the pick six wasn't quite his fault tip ball and then pick drill just ran it back so um, I'm not too worried about uh, the Ravens in any sense this kind of happens they play the AFC North and I feel like you could realistically see one and one from every single team when they play their division rivals um, this year, every team can get a win. So I do think it is bad for the Bengals because they needed to win yesterday to be really in this hunt here. Um, And the Steelers got a win, which I don't think makes me so mad that they keep winning. Uh, (laughs) It it really does. It really does. So I agree that it is bad for the Bengals, but I don't think it's as bad because the Ravens lost and they play the Ravens this coming week. If they lose to the Ravens this week, then it, then everything changes for them. This third, this game matters means the world, but the fact that the Ravens lost, it just depends on how confident you are that the Browns and Steelers are to get to 11, 10, 11 games. Can they? Absolutely. I mean, obviously they're both six and three. They both have played very good football at this point, but I feel, I feel more confident in the Browns getting there than I do about the Steelers getting there at some point. This, I can't score the ball really offense in this with the Steelers has got to come to like, they're going to have to, at some point you would think, I mean, they've gotten to this point and their defense has been playing well. Ty Warren, I mean, Jaron Warren, Jalen Warren, sorry, I wish I could speak. Jalen Warren and Najee Harris have been starting to get like a one-two combo back. Kenny Pickett can play for 15 minutes, but it has to be, if it's a one o'clock start at about 345, like he just comes to the game at halftime and then starts late. Like, so they're the team that I could, that I'm not sure about. The Browns though, they're just so, they're so fundamentally sound. It really comes down to, what kind of quarterback play are they going to get? Because are they going to get the Deshaun Watson, who is not going to make many mistakes, who is going to play decent football? Are they going to get, I think it was week maybe four or five, the flashes of Deshaun where you're like, oh, that might have looked like Houston Deshaun. Or are they going to get the, I got nicked and I'm going to just sit out because I'm guaranteed money, Deshaun. Like That's going to be the difference in their season. So we'll see how that is. But on to this game. I think that's a great uh, onto the game, great win for the Browns. I think it's a terrible loss for the Ravens. You can't lose that game. You cannot lose that game. If you win, I mean, obviously because of how well they've played to start the season, they've put themselves in a good position where they still are two games ahead in the win column of the Bengals, one of everyone else in the division. But you win that game, the Steelers, who I feel would be the worst team if they like the team most likely to fall. 
at six wins. You already beat the Browns and you beat the Bengals and you have them next week. After that Bengals game, they could have almost locked up the division with the, if they would have won this week and won next week. I And you were up late that much late. You can't. I think that's a terrible loss for the Ravens. And this game with the Bengals now becomes even more important than it already was. Because if you, especially because how the, because with the Bengals losing, which we're going to get to in a moment, that'll put five wins. You are, if you're at eight wins and you lose, you still got, you still got two games between you two. Now you got one and you've got two division losses and then the Bengals have two division losses. So you might even get a tiebreaker between them. Like it's a tough loss, but we'll see moving forward what this is for the Ravens. We'll know way more on Friday. Friday will be definitely a day where we know, okay, are the Bengals this, are the Ravens this, like how it goes. But we can move in actually to that Ra- uh, the Bengals-Texans game real quick. I'll talk <clears> real <throat> quick about it. Yeah, We're I mean. We'll talk more about C.J. Stroud probably later too. But Kyle, got you going. Yeah, no, I just want to touch on the, you know, the way the AFC North is breaking out. I want to respond to what you said. I mean, sure. I'd already figured like the Ravens were just going to win this game. Uh Deshaun's had, what, one game back since injury. You just can't count on Deshaun right now, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I was already penciling in yeah. the Bengals as a win because the Texans have just been terrible on the road. Uh, yeah, Stroud's on a hot streak, but, I mean, come on, the Bengals are coming on, blah, blah, blah. So I'm picturing I already have it in my mind that it's going to be a Ravens and Bengals win. Wouldn't have been surprised with the Browns with the fact that just the craziness of the AFC North games that we've talked about. But of course, yeah, wouldn't have expected it either, right? So I'm expecting Ravens, Bengals, and the Steelers all to win going into Thursday night's game. And then I'm picturing, you know, like Tim had said, it's going to be a physical game against the Browns. I'm chalking up the Ravens losing already on Thursday night. Like I'm expecting the Bengals win that game. That would put them at what seven wins if they win these two. That would have put um, them at seven and three. Or that would put them at seven and three, and that would have put the Ravens at Ravens eight, at eight wins. If that if then, that uh, if that's how that went, and then I believe so, then that would have put the Browns at uh, five and four. Steelers would have been at six and three because I would have had them winning against the Packers. Then they actually face off this Sunday. Now you got the Steelers and Browns in pole position ahead of the Bengals. Same record. They're facing off Sunday, as we said. And now again, Ravens kind of need this game. They don't need it as much as the Bengals. And truth be told, I do trust the Ravens in general. It sucks that both of their losses or two of their worst losses came against divisional opponents. It's kind of apropos, mm-hmm. though, honestly, given how that division does play out. Um, yeah. But it really, I mean, this Bengals game, they it was there for them. They should have won this game. Stroud played well, but two red zone interceptions from Joey B, it's just not good. They needed this game, uh, and it would have been Tyler great. Boyd, and they had Tyler Boyd with a drop. I mean, still had a chance. Man. Too. They they had a chance like they they got to put that one to bed. That's a disappointing loss if you're a Bengals fan. Uh, but you know now they're coming off each crazy games. Uh, Bengals game less physical with the Texans than the Ravens Browns game was. But I expect Thursday night to be a low scoring, another weird ass AFC North game. I don't know what to expect. Again, before I would have penciled in the Bengals already. Just the Ravens coming off that game. Now the Ravens kind of need this game. I don't really know how to handicap it. I really don't. I'd still kind of give the edge to the Bengals just because they're in a must win. But, I mean, shit, it's week 11. That'll be the first game of week 11. And we've said three or four times this year, oh, Bengals got to win this game or their playoff hopes are over. They can't really keep 
going this way. You can't have four or five of these in the middle of the season and keep coming out on top. Eventually, it's going to run out for you. Uh, and the Steelers, mm. as much as I dislike the Steelers, especially midseason, they're starting to get momentum. The offense is starting to get something. It's not a lot, but it's starting to get something. Uh, the Steelers are going to keep winning, too. They got Tomlin there. Matt Canada on the sideline. I don't know if that helps at all, but I mean, the Steelers seem to have a little something. The Browns, as we've seen, the defense is always going to keep them in it. Uh, And at the end of the day, like the Ravens, up until the fourth quarter, that game looked like the best team in the league, honestly. So I still have trust in the Ravens. I still have trust in the Bengals, but I just don't like the spot that the Bengals are in. That was a must win for them yesterday, and especially after what happened in the division yesterday, as we mentioned. Yeah, the... Yeah, they definitely a win yesterday would have done them so well for sure. Uh, CJ Stroud, as we as we said last week, and as we've said throughout the entire season, he's the truth. Like CJ can, he threw his second pick this year, and it was the first pick he's thrown that he didn't get the ball on the next play. Because even on his pick, he the first pick he threw, they the team fumbled and got it back. So he like he was first in ten CJ Stroud after he threw his first pick of the season. It's the first time he's actually turned the ball to the other team this year. Um, so he's, he's been playing phenomenal. Uh, obviously the uncharacteristic, uh, picks by Joe, by Joey B can't happen, but even so defense still got him in position and he still made every throw down the, down the stretch, down the stretch, like late, late in that game that he needed to. And the throw to Tyler Boyd couldn't have been a better throw. You've got to catch it. You just got to catch it. And it's not guaranteed a win, by the way. I mean, we just saw CJ Stroud (laughs) obviously drove them down to get the field goal, but we saw seven eight days ago now him go 75 and 40 seconds so like it's not a guaranteed win at that point but the fact that they would need to get a touchdown he have to do it back to back weeks probably put you in a much better situation that way but this game was so much fun uh joe is all the way back obviously as we know that roll out his deep throw to chase that was that's vintage like okay that's that's elite quarterbacking that's what we like to see there and what CJ just not blinking at all, like at anything. He's like, okay, he's coming back. All right, let me go orchestrate a drive and go get myself a touchdown. Now they came back, made it a three point game. Yeah. And just, it's just a confidence that he already has. It's crazy. Uh, but definitely that game, very, very important. But the fact that the Ravens lost and they played this Thursday makes that for me, go from like a 10 out of 10 needed to win to a nine out of 10 needed to win just because they can semi-rectify it with the Ravens and with them losing. But, Timmy, you can go. You guys keep talking about how, you know, this was this is a pretty big loss for the Bengals. They really did need to win this one to really be in the mm-hmm. hunt because uh, they can't really afford many more losses. Uh, this was a much bigger win for Houston, in my mind, than it was a loss. Houston is now in the playoff picture. They're the seventh seed. They They're in realistic- the picture. Yeah, exactly. They realistically <laughs> have a chance at beating Jacksonville and getting the the, the win there of the division, uh, which would be amazing to see from a rookie uh, and then a rookie head coach. Uh, this whole team, super young, uh, to go in there and beat a team just full of like veterans uh, is a really big win. Um, so mm-hmm. I think this is a much bigger win for Houston than it is a bigger loss. Uh, for Cincy. I really like what we see from Houston. Last two weeks have been crazy for Houston. Just tons of yards of offense. If you look, CJ Stroud's over like 800 yards of offense in the last two weeks. He's a rookie out playing. Yeah. Plenty of guys. And here's the, and here's the thing. So 
they have the Cardinals this week, which I'm not penciling in anything, but they should win this game. The Jags have the Titans, and then they play each other. So say the Jags win and the Texans win. The Texans are now six and four. The Jags are seven and three. If the if the Jags if the lose, Texans, they have the same record. The tex- and they're zero and two against them. Yeah, they're zero and two against them. So like already they have the head to head, and they're probably going to have the division at that point. So, man, oh man, that I love it. I mean, I love look, it. Uh, I just want to say the only thing I disagree with that you said was that the must win went from a 10 out of 10 to a nine out of 10, just because again, I think the need for the Ravens to win the game is higher now. So I think, you know, Thursday is going to be a playoff game. Whereas I think before the Ravens, it would have been like, you know, if we're in the game, cool. And if we're not, you know, we'll kind of just concede it. Right. Cause they would have had a couple games up on them had they won the Browns game. Now that they both kind of need it. I mean, it's going to be tough for the Bengals to even get a wild card spot, right? If they lose this game on Thursday night, and you're going to get again, you're oh, yeah. probably going to get the Ravens' best effort. That's the only thing I disagree. They'll need with. to go. They'll need to go six and one. This is a ten out of ten must need for, and I get what you're saying by that. Um, for me, it's just the loss, the win loss numbers makes that a nine out of ten. But for your your point of the Ravens now are extra motivated because one, they don't want to lose back to back. Two, if they do lose back to back, that means they have two division losses plus our three division losses plus one of them coming to the Bengals. So, yeah, no, absolutely. The sense of urgency has heightened a little bit in Baltimore. So I get what you're saying by that for sure. And on top of that, if the Bengals lose this Thursday, they stay in the backseat, right? And then again, Steelers Browns play Sunday, but they stay in the backseat with no real sight of going to at least number two. There was a clear pathway to number two prior and maybe even an outside shot at number one now i mean if they lose this game there's like no shot of them getting past three i mean who knows weirder things have happened they still got two they, divisional games against the steelers but it just wouldn't they look have good. to go six and one if they lose right they have to now go six and one. now we mentioned the ravens and the Bengals. those weren't great losses and it was good wins for the browns and texas on the other side we kind of alluded to it the Jaguars, that was the worst loss to me of the weekend. They didn't even show up against the Niners. Uh, it's almost silly that people were counting out the Niners as far as, you know, they got Debo back, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, they had everybody back. And Purdy, the last time we saw him against the Vikings, like, really play poorly. Or sorry, against the Bengals, he played poorly. He was coming off a concussion where he got it in the same week. Uh, he was the only yeah. player, and I think he's still the only player to play the same week of a concussion. Um Niners, I'm not even going to say they're back because I don't think they ever left. They just got healthy. Jags didn't even show up at home, and you let them, you know, get to the point where they're just trying to get McCaffrey, his NFL record touchdown at the end. Like, they were unbiasedly just trying to go for it. Uh, Mm -hmm. They were clowning them. And by the way, while we're on the C.J. Stroud topic and the chances they got against the Jags, I want to say all this talk about Trevor Lawrence being generational and C.J. Stroud is showing you what a generational rookie actually looks like. Like, that's the best rookie we've seen in how long, Keenan? Tell me. Maybe Andrew Luck and RG3 won it the year Andrew Luck had it. Uh, Uh, The best best seasons of all time, you're looking at Cam Newton's rookie season, 
Are you looking at uh, Andrew Luck's rookie season? RG3's rookie season. I was going to say RG3's rookie season and then Justin Herbert's the other year. Yeah, Herbert's up there for sure. Those are going to be your best. Right now, CJ's is the best. Like, at this point, 15 to 2. And that's because that's a team no one expected to be this good already. Yeah, we expect them to be competitive. We expect them to be competitive. But, I mean, look. The Jags shocked the hell out of me. I've said this time and time again each week. That London to no bye week to Thursday night stretch to divisional game stretch where they cleared all of that. Ugly wins, but they got the wins nonetheless. Shocked the hell out of me. But there was still something where I'm like, man, I don't trust this team yet. I don't put them in the lead of the elites yet. And then they come out and do this against the Niners. You would at least expect them to get 17. And then whatever the Niners do, whatever. They're hard to stop regardless. But you'd at least expect them to put up some points. They only put up three at home. Uh, that's disgusting. And I think Tim and I both left uh, Trevor Lawrence off the top 10 list of quarterbacks. It's shit like this for me of why that is. I mean, he's just not as consistent as even Herbert. Um, and back to the the rookie seasons. Yeah, Stroud up for pure passing, just pure passing for rookie. It's got to be him and Herbert up there. RG3, can you remember that one? I mean, RG3 was just so explosive all year. He really was a talented passer. But you combine his running with that, there was really nothing like that rookie season. Maybe Cam's too, and, but Cam wasn't even as gifted as a passer as RG3. We have seen no-doubt prospects throughout our – a couple no-doubts. for our, Trevor Lawrence obviously was spoken as that, but Andrew Luck was like the guy. And he lived up to it. Obviously, he retired early, but he lived up to what we thought he was going to be. He just didn't continue to play or else I believe he would still be a Hall of Famer. He might have been able to stop what the Chiefs di- like kind of a dynastic-ish run has been because that team got an offensive line. Now, could you imagine Andrew Luck with an offensive line? But my point in saying that is RG3 clearly had the better rookie season. Like RG3's rookie season was electric had people questioning is he better than andrew luck the answer is no but like that season had us questioning like he was at that time at that time he was was. it wasn't that the colts made the wrong decision because obviously andrew luck was just showing still to be great it was just more polished he was more polished it was like is is he ready like his like his his mobility his deep ball like everything about RG three was so electric that year I missed that I don't know why I remember that season was great I missed that very much so they lost unfortunately lost to the Seahawks in the playoffs and that was when he got injured and kind of went downhill from there but it did um I have thoughts about RG's RG three's career that I'll save for another day I don't think he ever got a fair shot and I think a lot of these guys don't no, get fair shots not always. And by these guys, I, I very mean much uh, agree. Uh, black guys, black quarterbacks. These guys they seem to just disappear these quick. <laughs> the brothers, <laughs> these guys right here. It's true though. Uh, the Warner brothers actually. But uh, Timmy, what, what game were we on? Now that I'm thinking about it, or, we were we kind had, of on the Jags. On? Oh yeah, the Jags game. Oh yeah, the Jags game. Uh, did you have anything else to say about the Texans game, Tim? Or I know you talked about the Texans. If you're not, then just go right to the Jags game. How'd you feel about that? Pretty much everything Kyle just said. It was kind of embarrassing to see the, the Jags just not be able to run an offense. Um, the 49ers defense looks pretty good. It's kind of crazy what happens when you have two people that lead the league in pressures. Um, but yeah, you normally we see uh, a lot of like the, the weight of the team kind of carried by ETN a little bit this year. We haven't seen yep. 
Trevor Lawrence take over a game, right? And even if he does, it's because he dumped it off to ETN and he took it 60 yards to the house. Like, we haven't seen that. Uh, ETN has been the guy. Um, so I would like to see some more uh, going forward. And I am actually – I'm totally agreeing with Kyle. Like, I can't put the Jags in the elite conversation. I don't even know if I can really put them as, like, a top 10 team right now just because there are so many teams that I think I would pick over them in a head-to-head matchup. Um, until Trevor Lawrence can really like be the sheriff and kind of be the the commander of their offense and like take over and maybe throw for 300 and three touchdowns. Um, I just don't have faith in them winning. And even if they make it to the playoffs, I don't know if they can beat any of those teams. So worry. I'll say this. Listen, we'll Sorry, go on. Kyle, and then I'll say what I'm going to say. You go ahead first. Cause I have a question to present to you guys. Okay, mostly listen. We obviously will know what we'll know a lot about the Jags obviously 3 weeks before the season ends cuz it's 3 weeks before the season ends, but they have the Titans next week. Then they got the Texans, Bengals, Browns and Ravens. That sounds like four form. losses. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so they've be, they've beaten a few playoff teams so far. They beat the Saints playoff team. They've beaten the Steelers playoff team. They've beaten the Bills playoff team. Obviously, the Colts are a 500 team right now. They're not great, but they've been able to play decent football. They had a great stretch, Kyle. I don't want to ever take credit away from that. They had won five games in a row. They were looking pretty good. They've lost the two true Super Bowl contenders in the who they've played because to me, I didn't have the Bills making the playoffs before the season started. To me, they're a playoff contender. I don't have them as a true Super Bowl contender right now. They played the Chiefs, and they played the 49ers, and they've scored a combined 12 points against those two teams. That's not going to get it done. Not a single especially touchdown. Especially, spe- not a single touchdown, and especially when you're getting MVP conversation thoughts prior to the season because – you see how you played the second half of the year. Obviously, we know what you did against the first half against the Chargers, but that second half, you were electric. You played a decent game against the Chiefs in the playoffs. We understand that. That's fine. The Chiefs are the chief, who the Chiefs are, losing to them and losing to Patrick Mahomes in the playoff game is not a bad thing. But, and you come in, you're like, okay, we got Calvin Ridley coming back. He looked pretty good. So he's looked pretty good so far this year. Christian Kirk's been his number one. Evan Ingram, Travis Etienne got a deep, pretty decent offensive line, but got Doug Peterson there calling plays and helping out offensively as well. You're like, what is this team? What is not to like about this offense? And this offense hasn't had a game where they really like blow your socks. Like they don't blow you away. They had, they've scored 30 tw- th- uh, twice. Three times, sorry. They've scored 37 against the Colts, 31 against the Colts, and 20, they're 31 against the Saints. I'm sorry, the Colts are not the barometer for me to say you're a good offense. Like, Oh, yeah, even in their wins, they don't look impressive. Uh, and I don't want to come off as a Trevor Lawrence hater here, but ever since he's been in the league, there's been, I'm not kidding, zero times where I've been like, Damn, like that's why he was the number one pick. Like I understand why he was the number one pick, but I've had no moments where, like, when I'm looking at CJ Stroud, like, goddamn, like this kid's only this age and he's doing this to the league. I've had zero of that with Trevor Lawrence. I've had moments where I'm like, okay, that kid has poise. Uh, he's got command of the position, but never times where I'm like, shit, he's got real command of this team. He seems like the real leader of this team. Uh, he seems like he's gonna be a future MVP. No, he's got the tools. 
and you know he won't lose you a game necessarily but i mean he is in the bottom three against the blitz for all quarterbacks this year and i think the other two are people you'd expect probably someone like zach wilson but i mean it's it's nobody's down there with trevor lawrence and that's saying off anymore right uh it's none of it's none none of the guys that you'd expect to be down there right no it's not all the guys you wouldn't expect to be there are not there right like it's all just bottom tier quarterbacks and it's trevor lawrence um but the question i was going to present to you guys keenan you alluded to the schedule you alluded to how the texans are one game behind Going into week 11, what do you give it? Like, what's the chance that the Texans could just take it over? Do you give that a 50-50 division right now? Do you give it a 60-40? Absolutely. Not do you either. give the edge to the Jags? Not do you give the edge to the Texans just being a game behind with their schedule? You could almost give the edge to the Texans. So, by what week? Just in general, just from now to the end of the season. Now to the end of the season. Okay, so... As I said, the uh, Jags schedule is very, very tough. As I said, it's the uh, you have the Titans, you have the Texans, and that Texans game is actually a home game for the Texans, which matters. Mm-hmm. You have the Bengals on the road; uh, they're home for the Bengals on the go. They go to Cleveland and then they host the Ravens. So by Christmas. That's that. And then with the Texans, they have the Cardinals, they have the Jags, but then they have the Broncos, the Jets, and the Titans. By Christmas, the Texans are leading the division. That's a prediction? I think the, te- I think the Texans lose, could lose to the Jags and by Christmas still be leading the division. Like they're they're going to have a shot. Still on, they're going to have more than a shot going, at it. They're going 6-4. and four. I don't see them lose. They could... Obviously, they lost to the Panthers. They're still a young team. They still have things that they need to work on. But I don't see them losing to the Cardinals, even though they have Kyler back. I just don't see them losing to the Cardinals. Here's why I'm not ruling that game out. They could, but I'm not. Here's where you would bet against the Texans here is there's a complete chance Stroud just runs into the rookie wall. And in his case, he's playing so hot right now, it doesn't even have to be like a true rookie wall. He could just regress to the means and just be an average quarterback. Right. Um, the Cardinals, though, I mean, they've been so competitive this year. And then you add to the fact that Kyler's back and he can just kind of pull out plays like he did yesterday on that third and long. Um, yeah. Where he's going to be playing for, let's be real, his next job or wherever he's playing next. We don't know what Kyler's future looks like. Um, so I can't just give that a Texans win at all. I actually expect that well, to be I'm, kind of I'm close not giving game. it. I'm not giving it, but I'm expecting it. If that makes sense. I can't, like, I don't I can't think it's just it. like a you give them, guarantee. You give them the edge? I, say, I mean, I think you can give them the edge, but I mean, I can't expect so it yet I'm favoring either. it then. I see. Then I'm favoring I can, it. I can, I can give you that. I'd favor it too. I'd favor it too. But the fact that he's a rookie just playing so hot, it seems like at some point he's got to just regress a little bit. And why not this against would be the, the game. This would be the game to do it because maybe you're looking ahead and like, oh my God, we actually have a chance at that division. We play the Jags in a couple of weeks. We could win the se- We could completely sweep the season series. Trap game. We kind of look over, kind of like the Bengals were to the Texans, in a sense, because like the obviously they're coming off the forty nine, the Bills and the Forty ers Then they go are the Forty ers and Bills, and then they go into the Ravens afterwards. And you have that Texans game, which is like a we just need to play well and we'll win the game kind of mindset. And where you do have credence, though, where you do have credence is that the Texans didn't just 
take advantage of the Bengals. Like they just straight up outplayed the Bengals in a game that the Bengals, again, we all just thought they were going to win that game. The Texans have not been good on the road. Like there's a sizable difference between them at home and on the road. And they just straight yep. up outplayed the Bengals in Cincy. For sure. Uh, Timmy, what do you think? Do you think that the Texans can win the division, will win the division? What chances do you give them? Before the uh, podcast started, I talked to you guys. I said I had a bold take. You guys have literally already said it. Um, I actually think Jacksonville <laughs> doesn't make the playoffs. I think they fall Ooh. completely out of the playoff run. And I think Texans pull away with this division. And I think they're going to be the four seed probably. Um I'm fully favoring it. I think the schedule is easier for the Texans. Like you've said, they've got a tough, the Jaguars have a tough end. Um, and you yeah. think that the Texans are going to be ahead by Christmas. And I don't think they're ever going to fall behind them. Um, the thing I'll what's say to seven? Kyle is you said, what's your seven? Uh, I have the bills squeaking in. Okay. Really? So I have the, I have the Steelers falling out and then the bills squeaking in. So I was going to go over that whole scenario. Do you have but the Bengals is, in? Bengals in, Bills okay. in, um, Kansas City, obviously Baltimore, and then Houston in, uh, and then the Dolphins. No Cleveland. But oh, I do have Cleveland. Sorry, I did. I only listened. Yeah, six. you guys, you named six. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, so yeah, Cleveland's seven. in there. there um, I lost my train of thought. Not gonna lie. Um, you said you're gonna respond to me. Is what you said before I interrupted. Oh, you. responding to you, you said you said C.J. Stroud has to kind of regress. He has to at least fall back to like the average. Could I think C.J. Stroud is the dude? Yeah, he could. I think he is the dude. I think he's the guy. Um, I, I'll propose you guys a question here in just a second, but I think if he is the guy, he doesn't have to fall back. He can just keep going. Um, he can be that like mold breaker, that difference maker. Um, my question to you is if you're starting a franchise, I know it's been really, really hot for CJ Stroud, but right now, would you rather have CJ Stroud at the helm or Trevor Lawrence? Stroud. Exactly. I think you have, I think you have to go Stroud at this point. He's like, done more with less. There's nothing that, I mean, obviously, and I don't want to discount like what Trevor's done. Cause like Trevor obviously had a really great half second half to last season. You saw the maturation there. His first year, as you count it, it feels like a mulligan when you have urban grinding Meyer. Uh, so we understand what happened year one. So like really you kind of judge it off a year two into this year, but Trevor has had, Trevor hasn't had any, as many wow moments already as CJ. CJ's played nine games. Trevor's played 30. He's played, uh, yeah, I think around like 30-ish games. Should and be he hasn't had as many wow 40, moments. If we're counting it the could, first season. Yeah. Yes, it would be close to 40. But he, he just hasn't had any wow moments, really, where you're like, oh, my God, that was Trevor Lawrence. He's had plays where you're like, okay, that's a franchise quarterback there. You guys, he's had games where you're like, okay, I understand like why he was the number one overall pick. Not trying to, I'm not trying to make it seem like he's not worth it. I absolutely think he should have been a number one. He's definitely the best quarterback in that draft class by far. But I mean, it's not saying much, but by far. And they've definitely got a franchise quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. When he's up for getting paid, you pay, them, you pay him. But right now, CJ Stroud is trying to be, by like the end of next year, like a top three quarterback. That's what he's trying to be right now. Like that's 
that what his trajectory is trying to tell us. I mean, obviously, will it get there? We'll see. Well, it remains to be seen. But I'm taking Stroud right now. I really am. Yeah, I mean, I think me and you were basically saying the same exact thing. I mean, that's what my point was earlier about Lawrence was like, yeah, he's had moments, and obviously they got to the divisional round against the Chiefs. But I think a great quarterback puts that game away last year against the Chiefs when you have Mahomes on the sideline. I mean, obviously you got to give some to their defense there. Their defense could have done more. I mean, they allowed Henny to go on a long drive. But, uh, I mean, a great quarterback. Like, if that's Herbert, at least, can we at least say Herbert puts that game away or at least gives them more of a chance? I mean, it's funny I'm using Herbert because he's the one who gave I up don't a 27-point lead. But, I mean, See, I think about That's why I can't, I can't say Herbert. I can't Maybe say not Herbert. Herbert. Maybe not Herbert, but man, like at least Herbert has these moments where you're like, dog, like he's not generational, but he's special, right? Like he does, Herbert does some things that remind me of John Elway. I mean, I wasn't really watching John Elway as a kid, but like the highlights I've seen, I'm like, oh, that reminds me of Elway or Stafford. Lawrence, there's nothing I ever see where I'm like, holy shit, like, man, this this kid's just got it. Whereas Stroud, we've had that several times over already through nine weeks, through nine games. Uh, that's a difference. And again, I'm not trying to shit on T law or anything. I mean, he's definitely, I think there's 30 quarterbacks who would take him hypothetically or 30 teams. that would take him hypothetically. Uh, even if, I mean, you know, teams got their own quarterback, but you get what I mean. Uh, many teams would be after Trevor Lawrence. If he just became available, he's a young quarterback with a ton of promise, but man, there's not moments where I'm like, Oh shit, the league's in trouble. Whereas Stroud through nine games, Showing us a ton here. Like you said, wow moments, five touchdown moments, 400 plus yard performances, 802 weeks plus, uh, Tim was saying. So that's really the difference. So I completely agree with you there, Keenan. Yeah. Um, do you guys have anything else to say about this? Uh, Trevor Lawrence, CJ Stroud. Uh, one thing I quickly did want to just say, cause we we're talking about the Niners and we lost the Niners point completely about this because they're, somehow the less of the conversation. Yeah, they're they're pretty much just going to be back to what they were doing. I think they're still they were still a top 3 team in the NFC. I still think they are a top 3 team in the NFC. Um them fully healthy is, is them fully healthy is going to be completely difficult. I'm per, I put a little bit more on the Lions than you do, but I'm not mad at you for having them above the Lions. But I I put a little bit more on the Lions than you do. I just I just lo- I love everything I'm seeing from the Lions this year. I really do, and I have a lot of faith in Jared Goff. I have more like if you had more faith in Jared Goff than you do Brock Purdy, of course. Like I, we, you have to go with it with a veteran. The offensive we- offensive weaponry for the 49ers is clearly better, but the Detroit's is not terribly far off. Like I mean, it's obviously a brand Amon Ross St. Brown is probably the best receiver with Debo being right there. Obviously Brandon Ayuk's really good as well. Uh George Kittle's better than Sam Laporta, but Sam Laporta is showing to be very good. Um Christian McCaffrey's the best running back. They might have the best running back group in Detroit. Like you could argue that. Obviously with how good Christian McCaffrey is him as a one can equal kind of what both of them do. But so that it's a very odd I was going to say, that's when it comes down to, like, defensively is where it's going to be very interesting. I think Aiden Hutchinson can kind of rival Nick Bosa, but then after that, they don't have an Infungru, they don't have a Fred Warner, they don't have now a Chase Young, they don't have... That's that's what's going to make it difficult, and so you're going to really see where coaching comes into play. Like, obviously, Belichick doesn't always have 
we're, we're about to speak about him. Uh, um, Belichick doesn't always have the greatest pieces on defense, but since he's such a great defensive mind, he's able to make those mid-level pieces very good. But um, if you guys don't have anything else to say, I'd like to talk about that team right there. Sure. This game, okay. Um, so I'm just going to paint, paint a nice little picture for you guys. So I was in Ohio, obviously. Columbus, Ohio. I'm driving home. It's 9.30 in the morning. I forgot the game was even on in Frankfurt. I really did. I forgot. And then I was like, this football. I check. Just like I'm looking at lineups. I'm going home. I'm just checking lineups. I was like, oh, my God. Colts are up a little bit right now. Oh, yeah, they're playing the Patriots. Okay, cool. So I tu- I'm tuning in. Obviously, I'm driving, so I'm not just like actively watching it. But I am still tuning in, listening, and everything to the game. I didn't even see Mac's pick until afterwards, but I just saw I saw Mac Jones throw. I saw an update that Bill O'Brien is lighting into Mac Jones. <laughs> I saw Mac Jones throws a pick in the red zone. Bailey Zappi is put into the game. I'm watching at this point. A buck fifty four left, zero timeouts, ten down ten to six. And Bailey Zappi is on the field because Mac was benched. This might be the all-time low of me being a Patriots fan. And I I then witnessed Bailey Zappi almost throw a pick, couple completions, and then I see a fake spike where he throws it into four human beings, one of which was wearing blue, I believe. I believe we were wearing blue three of which were wearing white. What are we doing? I I don't even know what... I have come on here, and I thought that the Raiders game was my low. That was... This is lower than the Raiders game. Bill looks clueless. He looks clueless with this roster. He doesn't know what to do offensively. I don't... I don't think he's ever been this shocked in his life. Mac Jones, shell of himself... Mac Jones doesn't like, I don't even think he knows life at this point. Like I think he, every week you just hear him, man, we got to get back to the X's and O's. I just got to be better. I'm putting, giving the ball to the other team way too much. Sir, you've said this last seven weeks. We get it. Minus the bills game. We get it. You keep giving the ball to the other team, figure it out. I don't think Mac Jones is a terrible, terrible quarterback to where he's never going to be anything ever again. I think he's probably just Sam Darnold. Like, just he's going to be a backup. You might, when you put him in, he's like, okay, a veteran guy who can get you a win here, get you a win there, be nice for the locker room. But he's no longer needs to be on a, I will be a little, I'm upset if he's a Patriot next year. And it's not because he doesn't deserve to be a quarterback. It's because he needs to be gone from this roster. He just needs to be gone. We need to freshen it up. Bill Belichick at this point to me needs to be gone from this roster. Not because he can't coach. They just need, just clean house. Clean house. Lose to the Giants. I want them to get demolished. And I would love it too. If they lost to Danny Tony DeVito and lost the game, which it's still up there somehow possible. If they did get the number one pick, that is the only goal this year. Or number two, whatever it is, top two. And not B2, please. But that's all I'm hoping for. I hope they go two and 15. This team's an atrocity. This team sucks. 
I've never been this upset as a Patriots fan in my 22 years of actual fandom. My first memory was them kicking a field goal to beat the greatest show on turf. That is my first memory of the Patriots. And from that point on, I've expected excellence because that's what I got for two decades. Obviously, Tom's not there. And even the Cam year, they played hard. They had the most people out because of COVID. We understand. The next year, Pro Bowl Mac, they get to a playoff game, they get blown out, and then... Obviously, last year, even last year, they were just like nine and eight. I believe one game out, they lost to the Bills in week 18. The Dolphins ended up winning, so the Dolphins ended up getting into the playoffs. We get it, it's fine. But they competed and looked like they cared. This team doesn't care. Come on, Kyle. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I would disagree with that this team doesn't care. I mean, this team hasn't quit at all. That's one thing I would say. I don't say. care about this team. Sorry, let me repeat clearly, that. Clearly. I mean, I will, I've said this. I will never get behind tanking. And you're never going to... Like, Please name me one time when tanking's worked in the NFL. It hasn't because no one ever tanks. Uh, you're never going to have a GM or a coach or anybody coincide, and especially Robert Kraft. You're never going to have anybody co-sign that. Um, oh, I, I agree with that. I completely agree with that. I just... Me as a Keenan Warner, as a Patriots fan, wants to see the Patriots two and fifteen when the season ends. Will they be? Probably not. They'll probably end up being like four and thirteen and manage to find their way to get the fifth pick in the draft and not know what to do with it. But sorry. Yeah, I mean, look, they're not going to lose to the Giants. The Giants with fucking Tommy, get your fucking shine box, Devito. They're the worst team in the league. They they cannot they cannot score. Uh, it would have been 17 on the Cowboys. Look to me, to me, uh, the Patriots now are where the giants were with Daniel Jones. They can't beat a good team, but they will be everybody else kind of thing, or they'll compete with everybody else kind of thing. Uh, they honestly, and I've said this since the beginning, they have too much talent to lose that much. Now they've lost defensive talent, uh, throughout the year with injuries. Um, and they're going to continue to lose. I don't see them. It's going to be a struggle for them to get to six wins. I could see them topping out at five. Um, It's fair to criticize Belichick. It's more than fair to criticize Mac Jones, but I really do think Mac Jones has been dealt a shitty hand. I don't think they built the team properly around him. 100% agree. And that's Uh, why he needs to be gone. I don't think he needs to be gone either. I mean, you got to, one of the biggest luxuries you can have in the NFL is a QB on his rookie deal. And they'll still have that next year with Mac Jones, ride it out for one more year, have Belichick for one more year. He'll be under Bill O'Brien for one more year. Get him some actual cohesiveness for a year. Uh, and let's not mention, I mean, they got that one of the toughest schedules in the league this year. Uh, mm-hmm. Look, yesterday's loss was inexcusable, but it's grim. I'm not loving what I see. I mean, this has been a broken record since the COVID year, really. I mean, it's almost like watching the same Patriots game over and over. It really is. That being said, I mean, you're not going to fire Belichick. I mean, what are we... <laughs> that's just oh, not no. going to happen. I mean, he's either going to get... there's a mutual parting away. And that's not going to really happen. Do. That would be... <laughs> almost. That would be stupid if they were to do that. Uh, Belichick, if you fire Belichick or there is a mutual parting away, he's getting a job within 12 hours. Trade Belichick, okay. if anything. Trade him. You can trade but him for not, a second round pick to the Chargers. They'll take it. But trade if him. not, if not, keep him. I mean, I can't say this is all on Belichick. 
Uh, it's not. It's bad top to bottom for everybody. And I, again, I don't think Max got a fair shake. I actually think I kind of fear he's young enough and he's still smart enough. You you said a ranking, he's a shell of himself. I think his confidence is broken. But I think if you put him somewhere, I don't know, You hypothetically the Niners, that's a fun team to throw around because supposedly they were all in on him too. But man, you put him on the Niners, it's hard to not see him having success. Uh, you put him with other teams, given the situation, put him on the Atlanta Falcons. It's hard to see him not doing better than Ritter and Heineke. Uh, like he's had flashes. I think he can be a human being. I know. I come. I don't even disagree with anything you're saying right now. I really don't. But I think he needs to change the scenery for the fact of if you're completely correct in the fact that Bill Belichick will be coaching the Patriots next year, the person who has uninstilled confidence in him is Bill Belichick. He's not getting confidence. Back no, for sure, for sure. So I know that's Absolutely. why I think he's got to go. And I don't, I don't think he's even bad. I really don't think Mac's bad. I think on another team, he could be a serviceable quarterback. He'll probably be, a, like I said, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold started some places, been a career backup otherwise, get paid, be there in the locker room, can win games when needed to. Taylor Heineke, those kind of guys. I just, the Patriots are just not for him. And it's unfortunate because I really don't think he's bad. I just think he needs to get out because if Bill Belichick's there, the guy who took his confidence is not going to instill it back into him. I just can't see that. But sorry, go on. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's fair to say we he took his. I mean, yeah, benching him in that moment that's taken his confidence. Like that was a huge. Well, well, that's not the first time he's been benched. No, he's been benched he's two been or benched. three times this year. That's what I'm saying. You can't bench a guy multiple times and say we love you. We're gonna have calling you. No, I, look, there's there's no I problem speak with. Glad them my words. There's no problem with benching him. At the other points there in the year, yesterday, after everything, they could have left him in there. You could, they could have left him in there. Putting Bailey Zappi in, that was actually a fuck you to Mac Jones. That, if anything, took his confidence. I agree with you there, but it's just a mess all around. Uh, Kraft deserves mm-hmm. blame. Belichick deserves blame. Mac Everybody. deserves the least blame. I think Mac gets way too much shit from fans. Um, I've said this before, and look, I'm the only one here who really had them doing anything this year i thought they were going to be a fringe playoff team like last year i thought mac was the same record i thought did we i yeah i mean i thought mac was going to clean up the mistakes i thought you know i just thought they had promise and again they've had injuries like they have i mean kendrick Bourne had his best game against the bills and then goes out with an acl if not that same game the next week i can't remember um and they had, you know, Christian Gonzalez looked like defensive rookie of the year that first month. He goes out for the season. Judon's their best pass rusher. He goes out for the season. Uh, again, they had an incredibly tough schedule. I mean, there was stuff stacked against them. No, they haven't looked good. They've at least competed. Mac just has looked like shit. Um, I think I'm just more... I don't know. I, I'm. If it seems like I'm not bothered, it's just because, I mean they've done enough winning for my entire life. Like I just, all I really care about, and I've said this, if Belichick gets a record with us, cool. If not, if we're going to, if we're going to be out on him after next year, cause that's the rumor is that his extension goes through next year. And then Gerard Mayo comes cool. I'm cool. Either way. Uh, I just want a sense of direction is what I want. That's the only thing I care about. Uh, I don't want to see this team tank. I don't want to see this team continue to be listless. I just want some direction. That's all I want. And by the way, if we get the number three pick and we get Marvin Harrison Jr., 
and we got Mac Jones next year, I'm very happy with that. That already is a sense of direction. Um, so, but I don't know if they can get to number three. I think they're going to be sitting at number five is where I predict them. Uh, I, I think they're going to win some games here down the stretch. I think at the go. most they get to five wins. And Tim, I'll let you respond because I'm just not, I'm just not terribly bothered by this. I just want the season to end as far as the Patriots go. I checked out on them about three weeks ago, but hey, man, it is what it is. It's just, it's ugly, it's shitty, it's bad, but there's been worse things. There's been worse things. Like, I, like Tim, I mean, what, you being a Giants what, fan. What's been worse in our organization's history? What do you What do you mean? There's been tons worse. There, <laughs> this team almost moved to Hartford before Kraft no, took over. Do, no, I don't. I don't, Kyle. In my organization history, I literally mean since 21st century. What's been worse in the 21st century? This is the worst they've been in the 21st century. Yeah, exactly. You, one season, <laughs> like yes, that's it. I, no, Kyle, I mean, I understand, but they've had a five years of. It's obviously they haven't been great, and obviously I care about my team, and I just want them to succeed. And them succeeding would be them losing the rest of the games, and hopefully getting the one pick or two pick, and getting one of those top two quarterbacks. Anytime, that would be that's a hope, but for anytime, me as a fan. Sure, but anytime you're creating a losing culture, losing on purpose, tanking, that's never a success anywhere in life. Like not in sports. But as sports, you just said, they're a anywhere. winning culture. They're like they are. They are. I hope they, they also. No, Kyle, I hope. I hope they compete and lose. Yeah. I don't. I don't need them. That's but fine. You, I don't need them to throw games like they just throw interceptions. All I want them to do is the lose the game at the end of everyone is the Patriots losing. It could be a possible. forty-five to forty-two shootout. And they lose every game. I don't care. That's all I want. That's possible. that's all I'm that's all I'm saying. Well, let me say this: they're beating the Giants whenever they play them. They got the what week after next, or is it next week? They're beating the Giants. Next the week. Giants are terrible. All right. Uh, I think we got the Raiders at some point. Am I correct on that? Do we have the Raiders? Okay, so the rest of our the rest of our schedule is the rest of our schedule. We did lost to the Raiders a couple weeks. The Giants. (laughs) So how invested I am this season? Yeah, yeah, listen, (laughs) the Giants next week. Then they have the Chargers, the Steelers, the Chiefs, the Broncos, the Bills, the Jets. They could lose out. Sorry. Yeah, they could lose out. They really could lose out. They're beating the Jets probably. They're beating the Jets. They're beating the Jets and the Giants. They get to four. I mean, look, I don't know. I'm just ready for the offseason. Yeah. <laughs> Belichick, if nothing else, loves beating the Jets. So I mean that's that's it. So yeah, maybe sorry, you're right. Sorry, maybe it Tim. is four. You wins. have a lot you want to say. We right did now cut off and- Tim. I was gonna ask Tim what I was saying when I said there's worse things. I was gonna say, Tim, the Giants made the playoffs last year. You guys had some hope. And then now you like you legitimately might not win a game the rest of the season. Like that's gotta be to some degree gut wrenching. As a franchise, yeah, you might get Caleb Williams. Yeah, you might get whoever, but that's not a fun place to be as a franchise, especially coming off a promising season. I would say the Giants are in a worse, like like you said, they're in a worse spot than the Patriots are, hundred um, percent. Yes, I, I'll say it right now: the Giants will beat the Patriots. That's going to happen. <laughs> okay. I hope you're um, right. If, hope you're if right. that happens, we're getting the number one pick. <laughs> exactly. They're going to be right in – I think they're in contention with, like, the top three picks. Um, I mean, to say five – they're at five isn't, like, crazy at all if I'm saying they're going to be top three. Um, as the only one in this call right now to say that the Patriots were going to be bad this year, 
I feel pretty good. Uh, and you said three wins at one point, maybe even five. I did. Um, and, and, and here's what I'll say. I, I completely agree with Keenan on obviously don't tank, don't try to lose games, but it would be best if they lost these games uh, is basically yes. my theory. Cause that's my theory with the giants is like the season's gone. I don't care. Um, let's get a higher pick and then let's get some talent. Um, what, yeah. Like I have a question real quick and to go on your point, what would be a worse season for you at this point, Timmy, them win five games get to five wins and get the seven pick or them lose everything and then get the one pick. What's a worse season for the giants or the Patriots for the giants. It's worse for them be to get to five wins. I would hate to see them get to five wins. We My need difference. Exactly. Makers. And I feel the same way about the yeah, Patriots. Exactly. They no, need... I think the point was just confusing maybe at one point, but obviously I don't think you want your team to lose, but like the outcome that would be best for their team is if they lose. Um, yes, that exactly is what now, I mean. I don't mean like I want them to go out there and just forty-five to nothing exactly. every week. I would and love just them like, to play. Don't like, even play every yeah. if every game was like last week or like the Raiders loss or like what whatever losses like that. Just close games. We don't make some plays down the stretch. People are still progressing, playing well. You see some signs here. Ramondre is playing a little well. The mm-hmm. defense we're completely fine with, but they just end up losing games. That is my hope. I just hope they go two and fifteen because Caleb Williams will change life. And, and my response, and then- my response to that would be, it's cool saying that as a fan, but when you're in that locker room as a player, you're losing I- eight straight games. That's culture building. That's not. It's never good to just lose out. Like unless you no. have a sense of di- unless you have an actual sense of direction, uh, you're not. What's Getting the Caleb Patriots- Williams is a sense of direction. That's what I'm telling. Not you. if you don't that, know who your head coach is. If you're, but you get, if that's the case, then you get a new identity and you build a culture and you already have a winning organization. You have a winning owner in Robert Kraft. So, like, I'm having confidence in the fact of what the Patriots mean as being a Patriot, plus you getting a winning quarterback. You see how Joe Burrow came into a terrible organization and changed that around. The Texans, CJ Stroud, we're seeing it right now, went into a terrible situation. We're seeing him a rookie QB and a rookie quarterback, and they've changed it already. The entirety of what we think about the Texans. And I'm saying that in nine games. And I'm saying just as well as you have a chance at that, even if you draft that guy, you could still draft that guy and shit turn out completely wrong. I mean, Mm -hmm. Tim, you have to. Tim spending Tim spending three rebuilds since the Eli era. Right. Y'all have basically had like two or three rebuilds, even with Eli. Like it does not always go smooth. You know how um, many top 10 it, picks I've seen? That's what, that's what I'm yes, saying. It's like that's what I'm saying. Year. So, I mean, you're, it's you're safe as bad. Caleb Williams doesn't always come along. But we still don't know about him. We still don't know. He's, I would I mean, rather him than Mac Jones. Yeah, I would. Are you I would pro- rather Mac? I probably would too. That's all I'm saying. I probably that's would too. That's literally all this comes but, down to. But I'm saying. Losing in the NFL is never a good thing. Just as I've called winning in the NFL intoxicating. It's just as intoxicating when you lose in the NFL. So I'm never, I would always rather be in that seven and nine range than I would rather be in that one, two, four win range. Like I I would way rather be in the 500 range than I would be like an absolute loser. And then nine you're times out of ten, I agree with you. No, nine times out of ten, I really do agree with you. But they're two and eight, or yeah, two and eight. Yeah, they have nothing. They have no hope. 
No, it's they're, terrible. They're not. It's, no, it's that's awful. what I'm. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. This season specifically, like before the season, we were talking, and I had them at nine and eight. I was like, I would like to get Caleb Williams, but I don't think this team's bad enough to do so. This team, apparently, because of the injuries now, is bad enough to do so. I would like to do it. If they don't get him specifically, they can obviously get a difference maker in within the top six picks. So I'm not saying it only has to be him, or they won't be able to do anything. He's clearly the best player in the draft, and that's what I am hoping for. So that's I, and I think I think he could change few, the fortune in New England. I guess I'm just more weary of quarterbacks at any point in any draft than I am like a position player. Like I'd almost rather have Marvin Harrison Jr. than I would a quarterback. We've just seen it. We just talked about it with Trevor Lawrence and C.J. Stroud. You just really never know. I mean, Bryce Young was the Number one overall pick. Mahomes went mm. mid-round, right? Like, Yeah. It's you. It's really a crapshoot when it comes to quarterbacks. Really, in general, any position player, but especially quarterbacks. That's Mahomes? my thing. We've seen, but, we've seen... But even though I would hope... I'd be happy to have Trevor Lawrence right now. For sure. I'm just have, saying... I, feel ha- I would have direction with Trevor Lawrence. Like I the, agree the, with the, you. The I'm can't just miss saying... prospects that have been number one over the last 25 years have been all ones that you're like the can't miss ones because Caleb was in that conversation with Peyton, Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence, the way he's being talked about. And all three of them have at least been franchise quarterbacks. There's just as many. I'm not saying he's, I'm not saying there's just as many first round misses as there is first round hits though. If not more first round misses. There's absolutely more first round misses, but not everyone is as highly touted as a prospect as this guy. That's Maybe. that. That's you're my not, point. You're not wrong with that, but I'm just saying we've also we've seen in our lifetimes more than once the highly touted guy that comes out and does not live up, and sometimes not even just doesn't live up a little bit, like doesn't live up at all. Chances are this happens with this guy. I don't know. I don't know about that. Probably more often than not, he's going to be successful. But I, like I said, I'm more weary about quarterbacks in the first round than I am position players. I think it's a complete crapshoot. When it comes to quarterbacks in the first round, uh, you said number one picks a little different. You, yeah, you might be right, but man, we've seen a lot of highly touted guys of who come we've out seen, and do not. We've seen Zach Wilson at number at two. We've seen Josh Rosen at number three. We've seen Daniel Jones at number. Like we've seen a bunch of them. I don't get me wrong. I know that. It, that's why it's the difference between number one and this specific guy, and being like the number. It'd be different if I was like, I want to tank and get the number seven pick. Okay, we don't know what we can get. What's seven? This is the number one for the number one prospect. One of the best prospects we've seen. That that's why. Sorry, Tim. Like we, I just the Patriots. We keep stepping over to a little upset right now, but you can keep. I think this has been like a twenty-minute rant on the Patriots, (laughs) and they don't even matter. They They don't don't matter at all. Don't even matter at all. No football. Listen, this um, is. This is the last rant I need to have about them because even if they if they lose to the Giants, that's enough said. Like I don't have to say anything. The proof is in the pudding. Oh, they're gonna. They. I think they might have one win left, and I think it'll be the Jets. Uh, when the Jets have completely chalked up their season. Actually, though, Aaron Rodgers is targeting a mid-December return. So, you know, you know what's gonna happen. You know what's gonna happen. Actually, they're gonna lose out. Yeah, I could they're see They're going to have to. They're going to lose out. Chill that Jets game. Aaron Rodgers will be back, and Aaron Rodgers will be, or, or something like that, whatever it is, but they'll play the Jets. If they lose, they get the number one pick. 
If they win, they'll have the three gonna, and they'll win. They're going to pull a And they'll win. They'll, they'll dog ago. walk them. Yep. It, it, they will dog walk them. And then they'll end up being, they'll get like the number three or four pick. And mm-hmm. you're going to be like, okay, we'll see how it goes. And it, whatever. But just to keep the streak against the Jets alive. Look, only way they're losing to the Giants is if it's a Bailey Zappi versus Tommy DeVito matchup. Even then, I fucking even then I like <laughs> Bailey Zappi's chances better than Shinebox. Uh, and then when it comes to the Jets, look, whenever Aaron Rodgers comes back, I think that experiment lasts an hour before he re tears his Achilles. Honestly, like I have no confidence in that being successful. Like I'll fucking believe it when I see it if he comes back in mid December. Honestly. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. I'm just hopeful. A, I think it's a better chance if they somehow make it to the playoffs, which I think that's damn near impossible too. But if they somehow get there with Zach Wilson, then yeah, he probably trots out there, you know, second week of January. And again, I don't think it, whether it's January or December, I don't think that ends well for Aaron Rodgers at all. Um, but yeah, no, I think they at least beat the Giants. All that to say, I think they at least beat the Giants and then the Jets in the last week of the season. Again, Belichick's got some sick, twisted love for beating the Jets. He will beat them even if he had me at quarterback somehow. But, uh, you know, the Giants, the Giants are truly like the worst team now with Tommy DeVito. Uh, They have no offensive talent. Their defense comes and goes. Saquon. 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 Like literally just Saquon. That's it. Hey, but Saquon. When they meet, when the Patriots and the Giants meet, Saquon will be the most talented offensive player on that field. Hands down. It won't even be a debate. That's why the Giants He might have 84 whole yards and a touchdown, but he will be the... He's going to out-carry the running backs for the Patriots. This is some some sicko shit that we're like (laughs) talking about. The Giants and Patriots week... Like eleven matchup, uh, yeah, whatever it is, <laughs> like whatever it is. No, it's it this be... coming week. Oh, it is. It's it's literally this Sunday. And we're wow. we're giving more time to it than we have been like the Bengals Ravens. Like that's going to be an actual playoff game on Thursday. We're up here talking. Well, because we'll because we'll Giants. talk about it on Thursday and we'll be actually happy about it. We can talk about. It. It's just we're, we're you're talking to a Giants fan and two Patriots fans, and we're both we're combined four and sixteen this year. Both lot both wanting the same thing. You would obviously you don't want to build the you don't want to build a losing culture. I understand, but we all would like Caleb Williams as our quarterback. We're in a race for Caleb Williams, and whoever wins this game, the loser of this game might be the loser of this game. Whoever wins this game, but we shall see. Okay, we can move on. They we can tie. move on from this atrocity. It's a 10-10 and, uh, tie. Can't even kick a field goal to win it. I could see that. So I could really see that. I could see that was like, the most poverty. We talked about poverty franchises. That's the most poverty football conversation we've ever had at this podcast. Hey, I love it. We, we, we almost went it. in depth on the Tommy DeVito, <laughs> Bailey Zappi, Saquon Barkley dynamic. Like we, we almost like had we not stopped ourselves and thought about it, I think we would have went like five more minutes about it. So, yeah, we would have been like, well, oh wait, the way Ramondre is gonna, I mean, we would have broken it down. But uh, so, I. I actually never got to say anything about the Colts Patriots game. So, <laughs> real quick, I know it's, we've been on it for like 25 minutes. Real quick, that was super embarrassing that America gets to play one game, or not one. I don't know if they have multiple games in Germany this year, but that's the yeah, game they got. That's one of the games they got is 10 to 10 to 6 or whatever. Um, 
I don't necessarily agree with the fact to put Bailey Zappi in. You still have a one-score game. We've seen Mac at least win a game on a game-winning drive. We just saw it like two weeks ago against the Bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that Mac pick was really bad. Was and terrible. I think I think it just comes down to like, by like five yards. Yeah, it comes down to like fundamentals. If you look at the play, he just doesn't look like he has his feet set. He just threw the ball before he wanted to throw the ball. And I think that's what O'Brien was Yeah, and I think that's what O'Brien was yelling at him for was because there wasn't really a lot of pressure. He could have stepped into that throw to make it. And it looked like if he put it right where he needed to, that would have been a touchdown because Gasecki was there. So Oh, Gasecki um, was open. He was open. It just it literally he threw a step back fadeaway and yeah. airballed it. He he fadeaway jumpered it when he should have just like made a quarterback decision and throw the ball. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he should have just stood there. Yeah. Now pretty cool. Quickly to touch on Kyle saying that he would rather have Pause. like a fifth sorry. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um, like uh, like the fifth overall pick and get like a difference maker at wide receiver or whatever. Caleb Williams or whoever, whatever quarterback they're going to potentially draft if they were a top three pick is going to make way more of an impact on that offense than any wide receiver they could get, in my opinion. Um, so I'm, I'm in Keenan's boat. If I'm a Patriots fan, I'm saying hey. we're getting a new quarterback this year. Like, you're just talking. You're talking to a walking skeptic. So never mind me. Uh, I mean, and, shit. and I don't even. There's chances that okay. by week two next year, if we got Caleb Williams, like I'm all the way the fuck in. I'm just hugely skeptical on highly touted quarterbacks. I've just seen them, you know, either pan out to be average, slightly above average. Like more often than not, do they not live up? Right. That's all. That's the that's a position I'm coming from, and. uh you know, I've already said my position on I just don't like losing in football. I think it builds a losing culture. Um, the Patriots in general are just in an awkward spot with Belichick, where he is the greatest coach of all time, gunning for a record where it's probably time for him to go. But at the same time, like he's shown some sort of passion to coach. Um, he's shown some want to be here. Um, I didn't realize until the other day he broke up with his longtime girlfriend. Maybe that's what it is. Like maybe, maybe he's like, like maybe he's door dashing every night. Like maybe, like he's just missing something. I don't, the, I don't know what. Did it you is. see the Twitter video? I saw the, something. I, de- the ring I saw something. I saw something on my Instagram about it, but I didn't actually see what the hell it was. It's just I, him. They, it looks like he's doing like the walk of shame after a night out. <laughs> He has no shirt on, is leaving somebody's house, and it's just a ring doorbell cam of him like looking like, where did I park? And get, getting the hell out of there. Billy B. kind of funny. Yeah, just out on the town doing his thing. Billy but B. yeah, he might be going through some sort of, can't say midlife crisis, but end, end life crisis. End life crisis. He is 80,000 He's going through football mortality crisis. We need to get him like, like uh, I'm not immortal. We either need to get him like a mail order wife or we need to get him to uh, the massage parlor that Kraft went to before the AFC championship game. Oh, I thought you were about to say Deshaun. I was going to say that is crazy. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, Deshaun's in his own. Deshaun's in his own sicko boat over there. Uh, I thought you were going to say Deshaun. I was going to say that is a crazy spot to get into. But yeah, no, the one that Kraft got, give him on the private jet, him and Meek. 
sure Bill Belichick could listen to I'm a Shaq and Kobe and think it's pretty cool. <laughs> that's a great album, by the way, from what I've it heard is, of it, it so very, far. It is very much um, so. That's, um, that's entirely too much Patriots. I do want to say just to the game, just to the game itself, uh, and I said this a couple weeks ago, I am all the way sick of these international games. Again, please name me one that you can remember that you're like, oh, that was an amazing game. Wow, what a London game that was. What a Germany game that was. Like, there's none. Like, they're often under underperforming. They're often low scoring. They're often just listless. Um, I, I, I hate them. I really, truly hate them. Like, the only thing cool about it is that we get to wake up and literally have football from, you know, 12 hours, basically, 14 hours. Uh, that's the only thing that's cool about it. Other than that, like, no, like Mexico City, cool. They're like somewhat in our time zone a little bit, whatever. But London, Germany, it's it'd be one thing if this was a 32 game season. But even that, that's a that's still not a lot of games, you know, but to take two teams and in this case, what? Ten teams. I don't know how many international games there was, but take that Five. many. So ten teams. Yeah. Or nine, technically, because the Jags played twice. Okay, so to take that many teams out of their normal schedule and, you know, send them to a neutral site overseas, that's so much variance in a 17-game season. It would make more sense season. for it to be basketball. Yeah, exactly. Like, in yeah, an 80, when bas- 82-game season. When basketball does these games, it makes a ton more sense. But it's completely unfair to football. And the best example I've seen of this is someone said, I forget who it was, but they said, like, the EPL, right? They have, a, I believe, a 38-game season. Uh and there's obviously it's different. They don't have a tournament at the end. Like whoever's ahead at the end of the season wins and there's relegation involved in these, uh, in these leagues too. But you know, it would be like taking them, taking one game or maybe four games, taking, you know, random teams throughout the season, bringing them to New York city or bringing them to LA and having them play. Like that's such a disadvantage too. Like it's just these short seasons. It makes no sense. It would make no sense in soccer. It absolutely makes no sense in a 17 game NFL season. It- and again, more often than not, these aren't good games. Baseball would make sense. Like if they went to like the Dominican Republic and then they had like a series in Japan. Not that they, I mean, obviously because baseball is huge, obviously in those spots, like it would make sense. There's 162 games. Like it would make sense. You just put like a small, I mean, I understand it's travel for them too, but like you have so much more time to recover. It if you go on no, a three game losing streak. Yeah. It has like nothing, because of that. no bearing on your season. Whereas the bills no, have, I a, mean, the Bills have a legitimate gripe that this London game like threw off their whole season. They have a legitimate gripe there. They were playing well going into that game. They come out of that game banged up. They lose to the Jags. Uh, jet lag, the whole thing. Jags had a game there the week prior. Like The Bills have a legitimate case. Now, we'd all clown them for making that case, but they have a legitimate case that that snowballed their season to some degree. Yeah. All right. So, <clears throat> we were talking... Um... We were talking, obviously, it's not the mid-mid-season, but what would you have awards-wise? Did you, Kyle, prepare awards, like, who, you're, who you have, like, MVP and things like that at the moment? Because I know that we're... Me, personally, yo, it's hard. It's hard to narrow it down. I mean, you got Rookie of the Year, yeah, that looks like Stroud. Uh, defensive Rookie of the Year, you could say Jalen Carter, maybe. Uh, Christian Gonzalez early on, it looked really good for him, but, you know, that was four games. But Jalen Carter looks really good on the defensive side. As far as MVP goes, Offensive Player of the Year, you could give it to McCaffrey. But Coach of the Year, MVP, those to me are wide open. Uh, MVP, and we've almost kind of touched on it every week, damn near, like since like 
maybe week six, no one's separating themselves. Absolutely nobody. If you're giving it to Mahomes, you're giving it as a legacy act. Uh, Lamar could have really stamped it. Uh, the Bengals have been too inconsistent for Burrow to be there. I mean, really, for me, to me, it's got to be McCaffrey. I mean, they'll never give it to a running back or wide receiver unless they have a ridiculous season. But I think in this case, he's been the best player in the league, best position player. I wouldn't even be mad at someone like Miles Garrett getting votes for that either. Uh, he's separating himself a little bit in the defensive player of the year, him and TJ Watt. Um, you know, in a case like this where there's no QB at all separating themselves, really, why not a position player? Why not a defensive player? So that's where I'm at as far as those major awards. Um, John Harbaugh, I would have had as a front runner before this week, and really he still is up there. But I mean, you could give me Andy Reid as coach of the year, too. I mean, he's doing a good job. I don't, you've heard me time and time again say I don't love this team, but. You know, here they are with one loss still, or two losses now after that Broncos game. Um, Kevin O'Connell, though, you got to give it to him, too. Uh, look how they're battling with, you know, with no Kirk Cousins, just picking up Dobbs from Arizona and just going 2-0 and with them. So I guess now that I'm thinking about it, he would be my coach of the year front runner. But MVP is absolutely wide open to me absolutely wide open i mean no quarterback to me is separating themselves and i would give it to someone like mccaffrey right now gun to my head but again there's absolutely no separation to me all right um timmy i know you have them kind of so i'm gonna ask you and then we can kind of give you like two or three um defensive player of the year who's your three my three for defensive player of the year are tj watt uh, I only wrote two. Miles Garrett is in there. You only need two. I'd probably put Micah Parsons as the three. Uh, they've all been game changers on defense. Um, so three. right now, my front runner is Miles Garrett. Uh, my second is TJ Watt. And my third is actually Daniil Hunter. He has 10 and a half sacks right now for the Vikings, and that's making that defense go. So I think he's been probably – one of the more underrated, it was kind of like a few years back when, oh, I think it was Randy Gregory. Or no, mm-hmm. it, I was no, not Randy Gregory. Someone had 16 sacks. And now I'm even forgetting. This is how forgettable it was. They had 16 sacks. It was second in the league in sacks, and no one talked about it. But anyways, okay, so offensive player of the year, who are you going with? Give me like two or three. Real, real quick, defensive player of the year, somebody that I think squeaks into that position is Max Crosby. Love him. He's great. Um, offensive player See, of the year. Uh, Max, Max for me didn't. I didn't have him written down just because of the record. But Other, I think yeah, that if their he, record is bad, and he doesn't like lead in sacks. But in like a lot of the statistical categories for defensive ends or edge rushers, he's like leading the league. And he's right there. Yeah, no, he's yeah, he's a so. monster. He's a monster. Um, offensive player of the year. Um, I have Tyreek Hill, AJ Brown, and CMC. Mm. Same same three. I don't think there's really a debate between those three. It's kind of the debate would be more so who do you have where, not like I'd put Tyreek in that MVP conversation as well. I was actually surprised to see that you were saying CMC was going to be an MVP. To me, I think Tyreek is ahead of CMC, um, and I think AJ Brown is right on his heels. Uh, so it's true. I have CMC of those three in the offensive player of the year category. I'd have him at three there. I think AJ Brown has been playing unreal. And then obviously Tyreek is out there as well. So AJ Brown's definitely been killing it. As we know, I think, 
I think Tyreek and CMC have more to do with their team success than AJ Brown does. I think Philly would still be right where they are even without AJ Brown, maybe a couple losses here and there. Um, but I mean, they can spread the wealth. Like they have an embarrassment of riches on their offense and they're just such a ball control team. But AJ Brown fits that obviously, but Tyree kill, you take him off the dolphins, you take CMC off the Niners. I think they take a little bit of a step back, especially given the quarterbacks. Um, but, I mean, hey, you could say the same thing, really, about Browns with Hurts. But, I don't know. I think the Eagles would be in a little bit of a better spot, hypothetically. Yeah. I would say A.J. Brown, like, obviously, we're making such a big deal of Tyreek Hill having a 1,000 over eight games right now. Not quietly in the sense of in comparison, not quietly because of how he's done it. Um, A.J. Brown only has two less catches and 70 less yards and two less touchdowns. Like they're he's pretty much one big catch away from being the exact same as Tyree kill. He's been, hooping. so he's, he's been, yeah, he's been crazy this year. Um, but I have this, I would have the same three, um, offensive rookie. Who would be your second and third? Well, who you, I'm just curious, more curious about who's your third. Cause uh, I know your, your second kind of would be Puka, but yeah, I do have Puka at two. At three, I have Jameer Gibbs. Um, this is honestly more of like a projection. I think he's going to take over this backfield. Uh, we did see it this week. He had more snaps, more percentage of snaps. Yep. Um, but that could just totally be them just easing David Montgomery back into the role. Um, I just mm-hmm. think Jameer Gibbs is a better pass catcher, and he can run. He keeps breaking big runs, whereas – Obviously, David had the 75-yard one. But when it comes to yards per carry, Jameer's been way higher up at that five-plus range, and then David's been under five, yeah. obviously. So um, I think Jameer Gibbs puts himself into that. Um, if we see more uses out of Bijan, I could put him there, but I just haven't seen enough in Bijan. So. We'll yeah, throw Jordan Addison I think in there as well. I was about to say that your three yep. would be Jordan Addison, Jameer, and Bijan. I have Jordan Addison actually at my three as of today. I think Bijan could get there because I think Arthur Smith is actually going to try to run him again, which is pretty cool. And then uh, Jameer Gibbs is in just such a great situation where he can kind of go off. Um, so then defensive rookie of the year, all Jalen Carter. And yeah, I have Jalen Carter. I have Will Anderson and Devon Witherspoon as the two and three guy. Those are the, those are the ones. Carter's I just been think so good. Yeah, Carter has been legitimately really really good and so the two i'm actually interested in with you timmy uh coach of the year who do you have as who are your guys right now for um so right now i have dan campbell nick sirianni and D'Amico ryans um i think you kind of have to keep putting it's kind of like the andy reed conversation you kind of have to keep putting sirianni in it because he's just been so consistent um and yep. then obviously D'Amico ryans they went from a bottom tier team last year to potentially being in the talk to win their division this year. So that's a huge deal. Yeah. And then Dan Campbell, just been working, building the culture, and now the culture's here. They're a winning team. They're ready to win. So um, I have... Got to throw Robert uh, Sala Siri- in there, too. <laughs> I don't know about that. So I'm I- taking him out. I know that was my preseason coach of the year. Bench Zach yeah, Wilson, it's done. about time. 
So one more I want to add, because Kyle did talk about Kevin O'Connell, who I think has to be in the conversation too. One I want to add is Mike Tomlin, because that team has no business being 6-3, and three and they are. So I Mike Tomlin has to be there. Uh, he's just can, a model of consistency. He doesn't know what losing seasons are. He's just, regardless, the team's going to play hard. It's going to be formidable. It's going to be a team that's going to be a tough game every week you play other than week one against the 49ers when we expected them to be like, other, like take that out of it. They've actually been a pretty tough game every week. So, and then last but not least your MVP, who would you have right now? This is, I, I totally agree with what Kyle was saying. Nobody is like really separating themselves from the pack. There's been plenty of years where it's like week eight. We pretty much knew who the MVP was going to be. They were on or at least a race between two. Like yeah, exactly. A few years back, it was Brady and Rodgers pretty much battling it out. Like, yeah, and even Brady even last year, the betting odds from like week ten on were just Hurts and Mahomes. It, like those were the only two people in it. Yeah, once um, once Tua got injured, it was kind yeah. of like a wrap from there. Yeah, so for me, I have three. Um, it's a quarterback award, so I got three quarterbacks. I think Jalen Hurts. Tua or Lamar will most likely be the MVP this year. I, I would hate for them to give this to Mahomes because he hasn't even been like living up to the Mahomes standard of, of play. So why would he get an MVP season out of that? To me, he just hasn't done enough uh, yet. He hasn't. Um, so I have Jalen Hurts. I have... Uh, I actually think in mine, because I think you should give it to other people. I have Miles Garrett because I think the one of the best defensive, one of the best units in the entirety of the NFL this year has been the Browns defense. And he's the leader for defensive player of the year, for sure, in my opinion. And I honestly think CJ Stroud has a shot at it. I genuinely think that he does because I believe that they can win the division. And if they win the division, get to 10 and seven, or 11 and 6 and has a home playoff game for the Texans from a three-win team that had the number 2 they got the number 2 overall pick. Oh no, they had the number 3 and they traded up to number 2. I believe. Mhm. Yeah, no, I think he would they Oh no, they had the 2 and then they traded up to get the 3. They traded up to get the 3. They had the number 2 pick. Yeah, no, they had the number 2 pick cuz they were bad last year. If they t- if he takes that into winning the division, Domingo Ryan's the coach of the year. You can book that. And I honestly think if it'd have to be CJ Stroud, 30 touchdowns, five picks, 4,500 yards. And he's got to be the MVP, especially on a year where no one has spread themselves out. I would have to give it to him. But, I think D'Amico has a good chance at being coach of the year, just because they like to give yeah. it to the coach that kind of like makes an impact. Ball. Yeah, exactly. Uh, same exact thing. They went from being a top five pick, to not the bearing in the playoffs, winning a playoff game. Uh, that's just more of a, a better story for them to give it to D'Amico mm-hmm. than it would be to give it to Campbell. I think Campbell's the next in line. I don't think Sirianni's really, um, really in the conversation. It's just he's been when, so good. When you expect excellence, you have to kind of be there. You know what I mean? When, when you exactly. expect excellence like and that, you especially. Kind of, with the Eagles not having a good as good of a team as they had last year, and they're still seven and one. Yeah, or, yeah, seven, and eight, eight games, eight and one. Yeah, yeah, they're eight and one. Eight and one, had their bye. 
I do like O'Connell's chances, like, especially if they in, keep winning without Kirk Cousins. Like if they keep winning mm-hmm. with Dobbs and like decisively get a wild card, I do like his chances. Um, Campbell certainly, like he yep. should get some love given what he's done with that franchise. Uh, but as far as MVP goes, like you laid it out with Hertz, Lamar. Like I said a couple weeks ago, Hertz and Lamar, it's like right on the table for him. Tua, absolutely. Um, but if they like if yeah. those three specifically don't separate themselves, like like I'm big on the Eagles this year, but I still don't really see Hertz taking a huge leap from now to the end of the season. It could happen, but I don't necessarily see it, right? Um, it could be on the table for Keenan, like you mentioned Stroud. Like if Stroud just keeps on this trajectory, he's gonna absolutely assert himself in that top three. Like he'd almost have to if he's at this pace, right? Like he'd probably win it at this pace, yeah. honestly. Especially if they went some something silly like uh, like seven and three down the stretch or however much they got left. Um, but it's also there for Goff too. If they can stay red hot and they get that number one seed Absolutely. and he can just he can just kinda insert himself, you know, have these like four or five touchdown games, which he probably will. Um, it's right there for the take for him yep. too, honestly. But I mean Lamar I really could have stamped it this think- week. He, Lamar could have Lamar if he would have if Lamar plays a Lamar game this week like would have had a good game this week because obviously it's just a one o'clock game he plays good and then next week has a vintage Lamar game like has because obviously your national televised games the one the solo games are the ones that people are because narrative based are going to be the ones where you're like oh I remember that game Lamar that game yeah I think that would have been I think that would have been good for him. What I fear is going to happen, though, is like the Um, Eagles getting like to three or four losses and being the best team in the league. And Hurts just kind of like 2015 Steph Currying his way to that MVP. You know what I mean? Like not taking anything away from Curry that year either, but like there was more spectacular seasons, but he was the best player on the best team kind of thing. And they were were clearly the best team Mm -hmm. in that season. Because they were sixty-seven and fifteen, and the next team, I want to say, was Harden's Rockets, and that's why Harden was in the MVP conversation, and how, why people like the eight, but the players voted Harden, but obviously Curry was voted for it, and then next year, obviously Curry deserved it. But yeah, I could see, I could definitely in a year like this, I could see Andy didn't win it last year because well, a little bit because of the injury, like you could almost just, not that he would have definitively won it, but Mahomes deserved it. But if he didn't get injured, he might have won it. So mm-hmm. you see that, and you're like, "Yeah, he deserves it." They're fourteen and three. No one's really asserted themselves. He ends up with thirty touchdowns. Yeah, we can give it to him. So. Can Can uh, C.J. Stroud win MVP and Offensive Rookie of the Year? Is that a potential? Yeah, it's, it's, it's slightly. Yeah, as if of today, it's in like this, you, you give him. You give them both, absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind you give them both. Because obviously, if you're the MVP and not the rookie of the year, then what are you? <laughs> you're the second best rookie, but you're the MVP. What? Jordan Addison wins care. offensive rookie of the Listen, year. If Listen, <laughs> if he wins this, if he wins MVP, I wouldn't even be, I really wouldn't be opposed if they just said, "Yeah, we're gonna give him a clean sweep and give him offensive player of the year." Wouldn't even. Wouldn't, I mean, at that not point, going he to should. Clearly, they have to give a, a position player. No, that's my point. If he, 
if you if you're trying to tell me he's 34 touchdowns, six picks, like you get to that kind of level, and the Texans are 11 and six, I would be fine. I would I would personally be fine if we saw a clean sweep of rookie of the year, MVP, and offensive player of the year all go to CJ Stroud. Would not have a problem with it, even if like. Obviously, Tyree Kills had great years of A.J. Brown, Christian McCaffrey. So there's a lot of people who could win Offensive Player of the Year, and they deserve to. But I have a question. You wouldn't see me complain. That's all I can tell you. I have a question, then I have a gripe. Um, my question, so I asked you all about the AFC South earlier and to kind of forecast it. Yeah. Now I want to do the same with the NFC mm-hmm. South. Uh, we got sidetracked with the Patriots and Giants conversation there. Uh, but the NFC South... Saints have a really bad loss to the Vikings. Like, I think it's great what Dobbs and Kevin O'Connell are doing, but at the same time, each team that loses to them, it's like, that's a bad loss. Like, you shouldn't lose those games. Um, the element of surprise has got to be yet. gone. In two now. weeks, maybe we understand it. I was going to say, in two weeks, we all understand it because then at the same point, like, Dobbs has gotten accustomed to the offense, but like, now, like, he the Falcons lost in the tunnel. Falcons, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He got lost in the stadium. Falcons absolutely should have lost last week. Saints, Saints were found themselves behind. I mean, Dobbs just looks like goddamn two thousand five Donovan McNabb out there. Uh, so I'm not really too worried about the Saints. More so, this is a question. Saints got pole position right now. Falcons continue to step back. Buccaneers find themselves at number two. Do you see a world where the Buccaneers kind of overtake the Saints, or do you think it's Saints all the way out? Do you think the Falcons? really do just assert themselves and come back. I personally don't see that. Uh, I can honestly, I can see them just continuing to slap at this point, the Atlanta Falcons, but what do you guys see? I, I could see the foul. I, I could see all of it. And I can see none of it. Kyle, I'm not going to lie to you. I have no, if I had to, if I had to guess, the bet would be with the Saints just because they seem like they have the most cohesiveness right there right now. But at the same time, the Bucks you could argue, do too. The Falcons, I think, have the most potential because I think that they have a lot of offensive talent. They need a new coach, and Arthur Smith needs to go. There's a report that came out today that he's not getting fired this year. It would have been cool if he did. Then maybe I would have more confidence in them. He doesn't know how to use Bijan, like, Hope Ben Johnson for from Detroit probably gonna it would be getting a coaching job next year if they can get him, and then maybe get something at QB, if they can draft one cool. If not, if they could try to get a Stafford type, I think they could be interesting next year. But this year probably falling out. So I think it's between the Bucks and the Saints. I would choose the Saints. But if you told me the Falcons rattled off four wins and they got to like nine and eight and got it wouldn't shock me you could tell me that the division winner was six and eleven and it wouldn't shock me i'm not gonna lie to you so <laughs> i don't know with this division i'd give it to the saints though i i totally agree is the the thing is is Derek carr out like is he gonna be out a while Haven't if Jameis winston is the quarterback the saints slip because oh he, yeah i forgot he is good. that yeah oh. he's good for fantasy but he is terrible for Football. So I would say the Saints slip and then the Bucks kind of take into that too. Um, I mean, I would yeah, say um, he has a right right shoulder and a concussion. So I'm assuming that he is not going to be playing. 
Yeah, I'm going to assume that because this is the second time this season Carr left the game early with an injury, sprained his AC joint in his right shoulder. So I think in in week three, so I, he might have hurt that same shoulder plus a concussion. I could see him out for one to two weeks, maybe. And if that's the case, then I would the Bucks might be that, or the Falcons could be. Like I'm, I really have no idea. I mean, I got to say, I'm completely... The Saints and Falcons play this week. Uh, that's pretty cool. I'm completely off the Falcons. Uh, and you know, you're you saying they play this week. I will take the Saints, whether it's Jameis or Derek Carr, this week against the Falcons, just because the Falcons, they will find a way to lose. Uh, I mean, we say this about the Cowboys, but they're, they're more so like coming off a win streak, have a loss at the worst time. The Falcons will just straight up find a way to lose. Uh, and they, they had to go back to Ritter yesterday. Heineke got injured, so... I mean, I think the more likely scenario is the Bucks randomly get hot and just kind of steal it. Um, now that Jameis is a possibility, though, I, I mean, I've told you before, I root for chaos. There is no more chaotic quarterback than Jameis Winston. So if we could have Jameis Winston for even like three games just to mix it up there, you never know what you're going to get. You could get 500 yards. You could get five picks. You could get three pick sixes. You just never know with Jameis. So I'm kind of rooting for that. If I had to bet on it, I would say the Saints, though. They did, honestly, going into this game against the Vikings, they started to look real cohesive. They started to look like they had some sort of identity. Uh, Carr looked like he started to get some sort of yep. handle on this offense. But, yeah, now you never know. I mean, really, to me, it's now a two-team race. I have no faith in these Falcons anymore. They are entertaining. I'll say that. They'll be in every game. They seem to love losing by two points or winning by two points. It's never three. It's never one. It always seems to be two. I don't know what that's about, but... Yeah, my money would be on the Saints. They though. love to be in the situation to where if they make or miss the kick, it's the end of the game. They don't <laughs> yeah. want to tie it. They just want to know, like, okay, if they make it, we win. If we miss, we lose, or vice versa, depending on who the opponent and who has the ball last is. Oh, uh, you said you had a gripe, Kyle. Unless, uh, Timmy, you um had something else to say about this atrocious, this atrocious division. The main thing I got to say about this division is I do not care who wins it because they are losing in the first round of the playoffs. Like it, it literally doesn't matter. Like I don't think any team can make noise when it comes to the playoffs. So it doesn't matter. They're going to be playing the seven seed too or whatever. So actually they'll play the five because they're the four. But If we're talking about just making noise and putting a scare into a team, I could see the Saints scaring a team. I don't know about necessarily winning, but I could see the Saints competing in that game at least. I think they have enough talent on both sides of the ball. Yeah, they have the they have one of the most competent defenses, but to be honest with you, I think I, I almost would go with the Bucks. Because I think the Bucks have the Bucks do have Super Bowl remnants mm-hmm. on their roster. People who have been there and won a Super Bowl. So I think that and Todd Bowles obviously was a part of that staff. So I think you have and Baker's won a playoff game too. Jesus. So the Cowboys or possibly like the Seahawks I mean, probably the Cowboys, honestly, because I think the Eagles will win the division. The Cowboys will be the five seed would be going to Tampa like they did last year. I think I would have the Cowboys winning that game for sure. But if there was a team, I would probably say Tampa. But again, we don't know. <laughs> uh, my gripe, my gripe is what the hell is the point of flex scheduling if we're not going to use it? You have Niners, Jaguars. You have 
Bengals, Texans, which that at any point, like Browns, Ravens. Yeah, Browns, Ravens. Bengals, Texans came on late that we knew that was going to be a good game. But I mean, even Saints, Pack, or sorry, Lions, Steelers, Chargers. Packers, Lions, Chargers, that like that's a perfect one. Just flip those two. Put bum ass Raiders, Jets at the four o'clock slot. Like, what is the point of having flex scheduling? I don't think they've used it once this year. Um, and I know you have to do it at least two they weeks in advance, it. maybe it's two or three weeks. Uh, and we've had some atrocious primetime games and you can only use them for Sunday night, unfortunately not Monday night. Um, but there's been too many of these bad Sunday night games and maybe it's only been two or three, but two or three is too much. Like as soon as Rogers went down with his Achilles, any jets primetime games, again, that's not Monday night, I guess any Sunday night jets games should have been out the window. Uh, Raiders, as soon as they started going bad, like we already knew they were going to be iffy anyway. Uh, they seem to be in prime time too much. It's just frustrating because this is every year where it's like, okay, why is this game on? It doesn't need to be on. Like, I think you can start flexing after week four. Like, they moved it up to where like you could start having an effect on these games. And as you said, they haven't done it once this year. So I just don't understand the point of flex scheduling if we're not actually oh. going to use it because. I don't know of any game. I would use it this week. Yeah, like this. What, what's the Sunday night game this week? It's Vikings Broncos. I understand that's not terrible, and it isn't terrible, but, but I would rather see options. Steelers Browns. Yeah, I agree with you. Steelers Browns is unfortunately Steelers Browns is the best option because, like, I mean, it'd be Dolphins Raiders would be like kind of what you would have because or Bucks Forty ers even I could get behind that more, but. At least there's not actually not that great of a game slate this week. At least Broncos Vikings is at least Pats like, Giants. Pats Giants put that on Sunday night. Two legacy franchises. Yeah. Put two legacy franchises, and we'll get another nine to six game. Uh, at we least can see the lowest scoring twenty first century game of all time. It somehow might be better. No, it wouldn't be. Tommy DeVito versus Bailey Zappi would not be better than last night, and last night was atrocious. Uh, at least I'll say Broncos Vikings. That'll at least be entertaining. I hope they do. Th- yeah. At the I least. hope they do it week thirteen. I'm looking at this right now. They have There's Chiefs a Packers at the late night game. There's Chiefs Packers as a late night game. It's Mahomes, so I'm fine. But you're fine with that. But Niners Eagles. Yeah, that's, that's a 425 game. They got to they got to put that on, on Sunday night. That's an NFC. That's an NFC championship. Just just, sw- just switch that. They have to. They you just switch to. them, and then the net. Yeah, especially because the Packers back to back. Oh wait, no, that's no, that's a double Monday night. Never yeah, we mind. have a double Monday night game on the I December eleventh too. For some reason, that's a nice double Monday night there. Otherwise, that I'm looking right now, it's not terrible, for the most part. I mean, the second. Yeah, um, <clears throat> the second to last week on December 31st, if they don't switch chiefs Bengals to that slot and move the Packers and Vikings out of that slot, I'm going to be kind of upset. Like, why wasn't that an 830 game? <laughs> I don't anyway. care if the Bengals are out of it. That should have I don't been care if the Bengals are anyway. out of it. But Bengals no chiefs should have already been in the Sunday Packers and Vikings anyway. were going to be better than the chiefs Bengals. Like, come on now. Come My on main now. question with... I'm not even mad about the like not flex scheduling. I'm mad about why are the Raiders in so many primetime games? It's like unbelievable. What, what were they thinking? 
Thursday night, Monday night, Sunday night. They've hit like every single one of them, like multiple. They just times. wanted the crew just wanted uh, to go to Vegas. Like, That's we, all that was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, exactly. We get we get the Raiders or we get the Raiders are like a legacy franchise, but geez, you don't need them that much. You really don't. And another thing that I'm now now that we're talking about NFL scheduling, two things I'm upset about. One, why was Dolphins Chiefs over in Germany? We knew that game was going to be decent before the game before the year started. Anyways, we already knew that. Why Bills Jags? We why is that over there? They it should have been in Kansas Colts City, Patri- and then Tyreek would have had his Patri- comeback to town. That's exactly what I'm but saying. Then they Colts that. Patriots. I'm fine with that being over there. If you're going to have games over there, have them mid level. Have them mid level games over there. Obviously, we didn't. I, we didn't think the Patriots were going to be this bad. Timmy, you did, but like. Mid-level games, have those over there. I understand they want to see some pretty good people in the Jags. If you're going to have the Jags, don't have them playing the Bills. Have them playing the Titans. Like, if you're going to do that, have that kind of game over there. Don't, the games that really, really matter for seeding and everything, don't put that there. That's one. And two, this is just an NFL thing. It really sucks that every Thursday night game's on primetime. I, I, I mean, I mean, I'm fine because I have Amazon. I mean, our yeah, Amazon Prime rather, but I I have Amazon, so it's fine. But like, I don't like it. I really don't. I wish it was just like a regular like went between NBC, uh, ESPN, Fox, and just. I mean, it doesn't hurt through where it was. That was cool to me. It doesn't hurt. It, it doesn't the, hurt. The only anything. thing I hate I about it. Don't, only thing I, I hate about it is that they got Al Michaels up there. Like they should have Al Michaels still on Sunday night. Like he should just still be on Sunday night. He doesn't give a fuck about these Thursday night games, so he commentates it with the same energy as no. a preseason game. So I feel bad from Al Michaels, the yeah, legend. No, that's, but that it being on Prime, they actually. So what I mean, the environment of. I think Prime actually puts I out guess a good it's the product. Environment of it. I think they put out a good product. Like I think their halftime sure. show is far better than goddamn NBC's. They got goddamn fifteen people on the NBC pregame and halftime. Like that's completely unnecessary. And I think NBC has the best primetime games. Like I think, I think they put on the best show per se for the primetime slot. Um, but if you could flip like their halftime shows, mm-hmm. I'd be cool with that. Cause there's no need for a 20 person cast for halftime and pregame and all that shit. Yeah. But and I don't know. The NFL does too much. I'm still, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that Tom does come and, uh, do the whole booth thing in 2024 for Fox. I, I like Greg Olson. I do. But hearing Greg Olson last year, 49ers, Eagles, championship game, did not, like, just listening to it did not make it feel like give it that real championship feel. When you listening to Nance and Romo do the Bengals and Chiefs, any Romo game for me, even how you feel about him, Collinsworth games, I feel like big. Buck and Aikman, I feel big games. I don't know. There's just something about Olsen. I can't even think of who he's with right now. But that tandem just doesn't give me big game vibes. I think that's because they're. I think that's, that's because the they're kind of younger in the game, though. Um, I think they do a really good job calling games themselves. It doesn't have that feel, but that's also because we're not used to them. In general, though, I don't think they're. I don't think it's I like see, that. I don't think, I think it's like that Monday night. I don't think they do bad. I don't think it's like that Monday night crew when we had Booger and Jason Witten. Like they at least like Olsen's really good at calling games. Like he knows what he's talking about and like will make good points during a game. I get what you're saying, but I think it's more so. so I guess like, it's the excitement more so. 
I guess think, it's the excitement in doing that because I think he does great. I think Mark Schlereth does great, but also Mark Schlereth when he talks doesn't always have. Even Mark Schlereth does from time to time, so uh, they do their job really well. But I guess they don't always have the it factor with doing their job really well. If that makes sense. I mean, come on, Olsen. I don't. I think that's if you want to go it factor, sure. But I mean, you know, you have sports like the NBA who have like nobody like that. You know what I mean? Like. So the NFL no, was kind of no, NFL's kind of blessed. Bad. NFL's kind of blessed with it, but I don't think Olsen's boring by any means. I mean, here we are. This is how fucking no no life I have. I'm up here arguing for Greg Olsen right now. Like, but uh I think I think Olsen does a good job. And I get what you're saying. It doesn't have a big game feel, but I also think it's more so because we're not used to it. Like I think they're equipped for the job, him and whoever the fuck it is. I don't even know homeboy's name. I think it's Kevin something. But I can't think I think I think they're equipped for uh, it. No, is what I don't I'm trying to say. disagree with that. I don't um, disagree. But with I, and I also I don't, don't think... disagree with the fact that he is equipped for it because I think he does a really good job. I just think that I just uh, he does a really good job when it comes down to breaking down the game, like helping us under helping the common person understand what is going on with the game. He knows what he's talking about, sees things very well. So he does very good with that. I guess it might just be because I'm not used to it, but I don't know. Romo instantly gave that feel of like big time game. That's because Romo's I having, guess, a, and I guess maybe I'm just trying to compare it to that. That's because Romo's having like a dry orgasm anytime any quarterback does something. <laughs> yeah, anytime no, just, any quarterback like works a certain way, he's like oh, Joe Burrow, Collinsworth too, Collinsworth. Anybody does something, he gets excited over it. Like bare minimum shit too. Collinsworth's gonna have a dry O over it. Actually, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I actually kind of like Dan Orlovsky a lot in the booth. I do too. Yeah, he was good. I he like him good. as an analyst. Too. He was good in the London booth. He was good in the London booth. I agree with you there. I I actually would like to, to sit see back him. on booth. I'd like, like to see I, I wish mean, these guys would to? shut the fuck up. <laughs> Tim's like I could give a fuck less about commentators. I'm just watching <laughs> the 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 recording timer tick up to like two hours now. Like, That's yeah. insane. Yeah, no, that's insane. Bad. No, you're absolutely fair. We could we could cut this to 120, just taking out unnecessary Patriots talk and commentator talk, which is for the passionate arguments about <laughs> Patriots take, Giants. In, maybe we in just take Fox it group. off and put it off to the side and just have like have like a like a special edition one where it's just added into it <laughs> instead of having. Tim Gabby have her oh, first game right. yet? That is creeping up. Uh, yeah, she's already had three games actually. Have they? Oh, yep. She's going to lead the NCAA again. It's been a bit. How they gone? Done pretty well so far, um, but the team, um, not as good as it was mm. last year. So that's rough. kind of a tough spot. Wait, Wait Shouts you said she's leading the NCAA in rebounds last year? She mm-hmm. did last year, right? Yeah. How many, she's how got many a board the game did she have? 18.8, I think, was her average. Charles Barkley. Jeez, shout out to Gabby. Shout out shout to out Gabby. To right there. I was gonna say yeah. shout out. Shout out Gabby. I mean, her and Angel Reese, neck and neck. <laughs> hey, she can go play for LSU right now. I bet. All right. Well, shout since to we are creeping up on about two Bills game, I've got. Shout I've out. got two questions. Oh, I never mind. I thought just, we, well, no, he wants just to. Just want you there. 
there I love shitting on the Steelers, so I gotta ask two fun stat questions. Um, first one: This season, how many games have the Pittsburgh Steelers outgained their opponent in yards? Zero. This many. Zero, and they are six and three. And then this next one, it's just a funny one. They do in the last three years. <laughs> yeah, right. In the last three years, who has more 400-yard games, C.J. Stroud or the Pittsburgh Steelers? Stroud. End it right there. (laughs) (laughs) C.J., and this was the Warner Brothers (laughs) podcast. We don't like the Steelers. Jimmy does not like the Steelers up here. That's how I feel about the Broncos. I don't – that's how Kyle feels about the Jets. I don't like the Jets, but I don't have the same disdain for the Jets, I guess, because I – they haven't mattered to me in forever. Uh, but so wait, who, so wait, out of all the teams, you hate the, the Broncos the most? Is that what you're telling me? No, I actually, I don't know. I don't really hate a team. I just love to bet against the Broncos. I There's just something about them right now that I just love to Broncos bet are low-key good. I don't actually I mean, have be like the, a true. They might be in the playoff d- mix. Listen, cool for them. I'm still going to bet against them. I really am. I uh, and uh, they're not even bad. They really aren't bad. I just something about them. I just don't care for them. Uh, Jets don't care for the Jets at all. But I do like Garrett Wilson and then Zach Wilson. I just yeah, someone's got to be in his corner, and it's going to be Robert Solid, not me. Uh, but anyways, I don't really have it. If the worst team i dislike most in the division i mean it would have to be the jets but i've never cared for the dolphins I, dolphins have always dolphins been a thorn in the like side whatever i never i've never cared for ryan Tannehill. like he's one of the most he's the quarterbacks i dislike the most i don't know why i don't there's something about him I just don't care for ryan Tannehill at all don't think he's good uh yeah so, anything else we didn't, anything. We, we didn't talk about Comeback Player of the Year award. I think it's Brees Halls. That's all I got to say. Javonta Williams in the conversation. Damar Hamlin's in the conversation, but that's just a story. He doesn't really play football. So, Hey. Hey, hold up. Let him have a couple more weeks. Odell Beckham might be in that conversation. Let him have a couple he more take, weeks. He took that slant that I was yesterday. Hey, over his last two games, he has six catches, 96 yards, and two touchdowns. <laughs> if he had that in one game, I would be like, yeah, that's that's OBJ. But hmm. Yeah, no, that's that, I said it literally in two games. But, yeah, so. All righty. Well, Warner Brothers Podcast, we appreciate the listens. I know I tried to do this, but we've been just rambling on. Uh, thank you, Timmy, as always. Thank you, Kyle, as always. You can find us on TikTok. Uh, Instagram, you can find us, YouTube, all Warner Brothers podcasts, live take, Kyle Castro, me, Keenan Warner, Apple's podcasts, Spotify, all streaming platforms. Download live Thank take. You all, and we're out. Download live take to catch our uh, mini Download podcasts live. on there. We will be on there this AOS week talking only. NBA. Yes, absolutely. AOS only. So iOS. get yourself an iPhone, find yourself an iPad, get yourself an iPod. Doesn't really matter. Just find yourself. I don't think it's computer friendly, but you know what? You can probably find a way around it. Warner Brothers Podcast. 